It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Wrestling Rehap Up. I'm your host, Mari Forth, and with me, as always, my co-host, my tag team partner, the the Mick Foley to my rock, uh, Mr. Matt Scott. Matt Scott, how are you doing today? Oh, man, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be Mick Foley. I have all sorts of best-selling books. Um, I have a sock that I get to put in people's mouths. I'm feeling great today, Mari. Um, but can you tell me uh, what what's The Rock's birthday? Um, it is uh, actually I can. So it's May 2nd yes. and he's 48 <laughs> years old. So whatever that math is. And yes, I was on his Wikipedia yesterday <laughs> when we were recording Young Rock plug listen to our Young Rock podcast coming in hot. So Matt, how's your week been? How how's the how, how have you been doing? I'm good. There's just been a lot of stuff to watch, a lot of wrestling yeah. this week. I mean, mm-hmm. even even uh well, I guess for anyone listening, it would be yesterday, but for mm-hmm. us recording it's tonight. We have bad bunny on SNL. So a lot of content to take in. Um mm-hmm. lots of great wrestling. So yeah. I always love great wrestling. And I'm happy to see your face again. We recorded the Young Rock podcast, as you yes. alluded to. It was a lot of fun. Um, what did what did you think about just taking a step back from some serious wrestling and just enjoying a little bit of uh, Young Rock? Oh man, I, I love I love smelling what the Rock is cooking, getting into it with Rob, especially. I think my favorite part of the episode, not to spoil it for anyone, comes at the real, very end when we are just talking about the wrestling wrap up, talking about potentially having Nicole Sesternino, Rob's wife on the podcast, talking about her creator rehapsler. <laughs> so we're, we had a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, I'm going to be watching Young Rock this, this season as long as it mm-hmm. stays at that level. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely will. Uh, Like we said, please go listen to the podcast, but we definitely had rave reviews about it. We, um, like, us we were rave reviewing oh. yes not about, like, the where? about the show yeah <laughs> so um yes i again it is something that i will definitely be taking up a part of i'll be watching um like you said snl bad bunny our new 24 7 champion like how yes. 
I mean, I guess we'll definitely get into it a little bit later, but talk about a crossover. Like this, this has been such a wrestling heavy week. It's been really, really awesome. Um, So this is a time, this is like a beautiful time for wrestling. And I feel like, like, one cool thing about the podcast is that people show up at all sorts of different levels. We have the yes. last fans who like to listen in especially. And so welcome to all of you lapsed fans who are coming because the rock, the rock is still not in WWE. He's not active currently. So uh, we'll see. I'm going to make a lot of excuses to mention him and reference him wherever possible. Thank you very much. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, Let's uh let's give a shout out to all of the feedback that we've received today. Um we got another great email from Stan. Uh Stan always Stan C, he always uh, does a great job of uh letting us know what he thinks and I love I wanted to pull up his email where he said in reference to uh cultural sensitivity when it comes to the uh Tian Shaw storyline, he said so while Tian Sha isn't racist or racially insensitive so far, I do feel like it would help the talents involved if they were portrayed as modern day Chinese people, like what Xia Li and Boa were before Tian Sha. I mean, if WWE needed to see a, a peg of what the Chinese diaspora looks like in the present day, they could watch Crazy Rich Asians or uh, Fresh Off the Boat is a good perspective for the 90s. Uh, Stan had a very, it was a very long email. Thank you, Stan. Um, but I wanted to just pull that part because um, I think when Xia Li and Boa were playing like themselves, because they are, uh, you know, Chinese modern day Chinese people, clearly, um, th- it showed that they just don't have the writing capacity for it. You know, uh, Stan goes on to mention he doesn't know how many uh, Asian writers they have in WWE. And right. uh, uh, if I had to guess, uh, <laughs> I had to guess. So I, I get it. I, it and, and just like Kevin said last week, the whole honor thing and the whole mythological thing, whenever it comes to Chinese people, it can be a touchy sh- subject, but I, you know, as long as we're, we're giving them the benefit of the doubt, they haven't overstepped yet. As soon as they do, of course, we'll stay on their necks if they do. Um, mm-hmm. But nothing I've seen so far has suggested that anybody has been upset. I mean, I, I would love to see it if I, you know, but I just haven't seen it. Have you seen that, Matt? Yeah, so here, I haven't, but I think that this is, so what WWE does is that they'll, like, stop short of doing something that's racist because maybe (laughs) they're thinking, like, let's not be racist, but then... Like, this is definitely a one-dimensional portrayal, and I think that's problematic that, like, that's Mm -hmm. what we're getting from these characters. I mean, yes, Mm -hmm. we might have other, like, Asian characters that, like, are not, uh, just built around their ethnicity, but at the same time, yeah. it's like, why, like, why does it have to be like, why does the fact that they're Chinese have to be at the center of the gimmick, right? Or why does yeah. it have to be even a central part of the gimmick? Why can't they just like happen to be Chinese? And and yeah. that goes for all sorts of different uh, ethnicities. So we're watching you, WW. I'm not, a, yeah. I'm not a big, I'm a fan of how, of what the performers are doing. Don't get me yes. wrong, but I think mm-hmm. WW just needs to like actually like show the, di- literally like the diversity of people and what they could be rather than stereotyping them. Yeah. And again, so far they've been unrolling it. I, I, 
I do. I can't agree with you when you say that it's kind of looking one dimensional right now, but I yeah. do think they're doing a good job of slowly rolling it out. And I mm-hmm. guess it'll it'll be these next few weeks that'll see where it goes, like if they just drop it or or if they reduce it to the, the most bare minimum of storyline, kind of like I, I don't want to, you know, harp on this too much. But remember when um, uh, what was it? Muhammad, the, the one guy, Muhammad who, Hassan. Yeah. So Muhammad yeah. Hassan. And when he had first when he had first debuted, his character was layered it was very layered with nuance and he was a good guy saying you know muslims are being persecuted it was very very layered and then all of a sudden they just stripped it to the bare minimum of now he's a bad guy now he's muslim let's get these weird terrorist looking guys around the ring they really reduced that Mm -hmm. character and and that's what i'm i'm like trying to hope i'm hoping it doesn't happen with zaylee and boa and we need a watch out for that because I do think there were some good character nuances early on and then they just like went full tilt in the completely wrong direction and and that's NXT you know we're like what we're getting now is an NXT right and so imagine what will happen on the main roster I think um, Mm -hmm. like the thing that we sadly see that happens on the main roster is that I'll keep saying Vince McMahon, but like the writing team and, and creative and everyone else, they just don't really know what to do with um, like different types. Asuka is a great example. We've been talking about this right. for weeks. Mm-hmm. Like they just really struggle and it's kind of awkward. Like, oh, this person's not a blonde white woman. So we don't know what to really do with her. Like, um, or, you know, they're not like what we, uh, what we see as being this like mainstream star. They have to fit into the stereotype. So, you know, I, look, we'll we'll be watching and we'll be talking about it. <laughs> yes. And so, again, if you want to get in on the conversation, just like Stan, uh, you can always reach us at you can email us at wrestling at Rob has dot com. And of course, you can follow our new account at the, the wrestling wrap up uh, on Twitter. Uh, Matt, yeah, that's where right. Follow you. Follow you. Yeah, you can follow me at Matt Scott GW. You could also find me in the RHAP patrons, uh, patrons group. But also, the job has a Squadcast unofficial group. Um, we you mentioned wrestling at Rob has a website dot com. The hashtag wrestling wrap up. But um, we also have a podcast feed. Mari, oh, we have a podcast snap. feed. Oh, what, like okay. what do we have an air horn or something like whoa, 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 whoa. Ins- insert bell sound here <laughs> Ding. Um, we have a podcast feed which you can subscribe to if you go to rob has a website.com slash wrestling that's rob yeah. has a website.com slash wrestling and yeah like give us those five stars if you yeah. love us give us those reviews we might read them on the podcast so um, I know that we're really pumped about having a podcast feed yes we are and don't be stingy with those five stars like uh, another observer if you know what I'm meaning drop oh. the five stars on us people drop the five oh. stars on us Mari wants some smoke like okay <laughs> I'm not even going to say his name I feel like he's probably like somehow searching and he'll find us but Dave, I, did Dave Melter, I didn't say it I just uh, said Dave Melter. Am I, do I want the smoke or do you want the smoke I know I, like, I, I, you, I kind of do. No, you just did it I do. you just wanted that smoke I do. I do. Anyways, uh, so we have a great guest again. So Matt, oh, me? Oh, is it? Oh, me? Oh, it's your turn. Oh, 
Oh, yeah, I was like, I don't know, I'm just going to go get get a cup of tea, go hang out. But no, we're going to do the intro right now. And uh, I have to <clears throat> clear my throat here. All right. Making her way to the podcast, hailing from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. This is none other than the boardroom baddie, the boss, not the boss Sasha Banks, but the other boss, the, the wrestling Rahafa boss, the one, the only. Can you smell what Stella? Hold on. Let me try that again. I messed up. What? Can you smell what Stella, excuse me, excuse you, is cooking? We're all over the place. It's Grace Leader. Grace, welcome. Uh-huh. Oh, thank you. Thank you. What a great introduction. Uh, yeah, it was. It's great. Oh, you know, it's you. Good. Uh, as you're the McFoley, I'll just say it's. It, I'm always having a nice day when I come on the wrestling wrap up. So, oh, great. Um, yeah, I'm very excited thank to be you. back. Uh, there was a lot of wrestling this week. Um, so excited to get into it. Yeah, it's always great to have you back. Um, always to talk about all things wrestling. You are our resident guest historian. We'll have to figure <laughs> out some title for that. But right. of course, you'll, you help us dive more into AEW, but also just all things wrestling. So thank yeah. you for being here, Grace, and for being a, a great uh, third with us today. Great. Yeah, um, this is this is a great time to have you. We love having you right before the pay per views, so uh, we might as well get it right into it. Uh, this week, this Sunday, we have the Elimination Chamber pay per view, and I'm excited. Oh. <laughs> I know, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, I, of course, I love the Elimination Chamber. So again, the Elimination Chamber, it is like a behemoth of a, a of a set piece, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a huge chamber that has four pods in it. So it starts with two people in the ring and then four other people are in these uh, these pods uh, in the uh, elimination chamber and at uh, uh, i think it's like a 5 minute interval they release somebody into the the match and you can only win by pinning and submitting and you you keep pinning and submitting until it, you get down to the last person um in the case for one of the chambers the last person wins the WWE champion and the case for the other chamber the person then immediately goes on to have a match with the universal champion so the elimination chamber itself like it's such a huge beast it's such a great um just a, a great like set piece and, and design to have in a match so i do like that i just am a little i i hate that we don't have a women's elimination chamber match this, agreed, this year. agreed yeah, yeah. Our yeah, but like, mm-hmm. to that to that point, or not to the point specifically about the women's elimination chamber, but just more broadly about being a fan of the elimination chamber. Do you two remember your thoughts the first time you saw the chamber? Because it blows my mind that it's been almost twenty years since I believe it was Eric Bischoff, who was the Raw general manager at the time, coming out and just announcing the chamber, and it was this big menacing structure but do you do you remember your thoughts from the first time you saw the chamber great yeah i mean uh it's survivor series survivor series 2002 i think it's Mm -hmm. it's a really good pay-per-view from like top to bottom you have um the dudley boys reunite in a a tables like a shows up it's in madison square garden i always loved 
the way the, the the stadium works when they don't set up the big stage, they just have the little tunnel with the doors, and that's the way Survivor mm-hmm. that Survivor Series is set up. Um, yeah, it's a great. There's a really good women's hardcore match between Victoria and Trish Stratus, Trish. and then oh, yeah. and then yeah. the main event is this like spectacle that we had never seen before, and it was like, how is this going to play out? And you had it's it's a really good cast in the of, of superstars, and I think you had Rob Van Dam and Booker T, Chris Jericho, Kane, yeah, Shawn Michaels with his uh, terrible haircut. <laughs> Uh, and <laughs> did he have his brown trunks on? Yeah, I don't know brown. why yeah. I vividly remember that. There's, he got like this, like mushroom cut, like his mom had put a bowl on him oh. and just cut it. It's so bad, but uh, yeah. And then Triple H, I remember Robin Dam like jumps off the cage and he, he catches yeah. Triple H in the yeah. throat like very early on, and you're just like we thought maybe he had to leave the match, but it's just it is a it is visually stunning, and it's mm-hmm. also like you know it's one of those things where like. If you try to explain the rules, it's a, you know it gets a little fuzzy, but it's, so, yeah. but it's so fun. It's such a fun match, and it it feels dangerous too. Like you know, yes. sometimes you're watching wrestling and you're like, you know, they get body slammed. Like that actually does hurt. But when you see them get body slammed onto a steel crate, you're like, oh, that actually must hurt a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just I feel like in part, um, and I know I'm sure Mari, you have your elimination chamber memories. Like part of it for me is just that. Over time, we've seen it so much that I'm a little. Yeah. I mean, we we've seen it multiple times in one night, uh, many years in a row, right? And so mm-hmm. I think that that's that's one thing that takes away from it a little bit for me. I wish I had that that awe that a first time fan might have. But you know, I'm like maybe maybe we'll we'll get some feedback from some guests on and what they think if they're able to see some some of these clips. But Mari, what what were your Elimination Chamber memories when it first started. I'm still a fan. I'm still a big fan of the Chamber because no matter what, like it almost, the structure itself almost guarantees that you're gonna get a pretty decent match. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm trying to think of some of the worst worst ones I can think of and nothing really pops to mind, but uh, one of my favorite ones was that first uh, tag team Elimination Chamber match where the New Day won their championships did they win it or they lost them oh man see i'm already my memory's already fuzzy but (laughs) yeah back check that but that was the first that was the first tag team one and that one was great that was great and and the new day themselves kofi jumping off the thing doing that (laughs) trust ball it was it was good so i i i still am a fan of the elimination number i get how it can be watered down when if if I remember correctly, that was not at an elimination chamber pay per view. It was a culmination of um, everybody trying to get at those tag titles. So when we arbitrarily just throw an elimination chamber pay per view in the middle of the schedule for no reason, then it gets kind of like, Ugh, you know. But I, I have no problems with it, and like I I've been saying. Um, I kind of wish they added a women's tag team elimination chamber match to this card. I know that I know that might be too much. That'd be three chambers, but honestly, I would, I would have been fine with that because the way that they've been building the women's tag team division, as we'll talk more and more as we go on, it, it is actually seems kind of justifiable in this position since technically right now we have at least three separate feuds for the women's tag title. So it would have made sense to me. It wouldn't be just thrown together. But yeah, yeah, the problem with doing multiple chambers or multiple gimmick matches every night is you have to find the different spots. You can't, you know, the first match has certain spots. You can't repeat, you can't repeat the spots. So I get why they didn't do it, but it it just, I wish there, I really wish there was a women's one. 
it's it's some of the like you know it's it's really telling of the like you know WWE being this like giant brand and being you know sort of being the Disney of professional wrestling and that you know they they focus on their on what the brand is and so the pay per views you know have have tradition to being you know this is elimination chamber so there's going to be an elimination chamber this pay per view right you know, it's October so there's got to be a hell in a cell you know exactly uh, instead of instead of this like I think what some fans are craving is the like let the story like dictate when you have a hell in a cell or an elimination mm-hmm. chamber or a TLC match. Like when does it make sense? And then what's frustrating is that like, there is a storyline that's sort of building where at least two women's tag teams have earned title shots. You have one from NXT and one from raw. And mm-hmm. then, but then they're like, okay, well we won't do anything. Like I, I'm sure they will do something with that. Like I'm wondering if we get sort of like a, a every brand uh, gets a title shot at, at WrestleMania or something like that, like in a four way tag or something. But you know, the storyline sort of yeah. that like, yeah, this would be a good opportunity to culminate some of the feuds that are happening into one match and and yeah like no it's just you know it's it's february so we got to have an elimination chamber we already have two we're going to have two already so it's just you know i think that's some of the things that people get frustrated with sometimes with wb exactly so let's get into the these are the matches that are proposed on wwe.com as of like saturday morning um uh, the first thing I have that we're going to talk about is the, of course, the WWE Championship Elimination Chamber match, where um, in it we have Kofi Kingston, who just won his way into that extra spot that opened up. Sheamus, the uh, the defending WWE Champion, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, AJ Styles, and Jeff party all competing in the elimination chamber match the winner becomes the wwe champion um so this one was put together because we talked about it they were just all former champions and so they they all got their shot in the chamber but then this week on raw miz thought that he was playing uh, chess, not checkers, <laughs> decided yeah. to take himself out of the elimination chamber. And he wanted to gift it, gift it to his best buddy, Johnny, Johnny um, Morrison, John Morrison. I was about to say, I was about to say, his... <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> <Johnny> <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> um, but, you know, they had other plans. So Kofi had a match with Miz. And if Kofi beat Miz, then Kofi got that last spot. And I like that there was a backstage segment where Kofi and Xavier approached Adam Pierce and was like, yo, Kofi is a former WWE champion, yo. Like, why isn't he in here? And I I was like, yeah, I want to know. He's the first black WWE champion. Uh, why wasn't he the first name on that list? Yeah, but what I mean, if I'm in Adam Pierce's situation, like when the Miz comes up to me and says, I have a proposal to make to you, Adam. <laughs> I have the biggest rising star who should take my place in the elimination chamber. I think like you're going to li- you're going to say, "Oh sure, I'll I'll take that under advice." Like you're not going to just flat out tell him no even if that's what you're thinking. I, I did think it was a little him. ridiculous that they had the match because John Johnny Mundo our friend John, John the mayor of Slam Town, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the George Bushy of Tushy, uh, he <laughs> is not a former world champion, believe it or not. So that does not fly. That's so true. That Shane McMahon announced. Shane would have been pissed. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, mm-hmm. and it's fun. It's fun to see Miz think he can get one over. And I, you just want to be like, why didn't you talk this through with him before you gave up? His spot? You, like, <laughs> yeah. like, but it's fun. That's funny. Miz is not supposed to be like, he sort of thinks he's a genius, but he's not really a genius. So exactly. uh, fun. And then sets up a fun match where like, yeah, I mean, I think Kofi probably should have been in it. Um, before I know that, uh, you talked last week about how like, you know, the, the matches that set up the qualifying matches for the SmackDown chamber were a bit like, okay, I think we know who's going to win this one. Yeah. You know, I don't mind that as much like, you know, at least, you know, give me a reason why somebody wants to win a match, um, on a show rather than just being like, these two people are fighting. Right. I agree like, and, and, and it's, you know, uh, you know, built in a little bit with, with the new day's character that they always sort of get you know, they're a bit overlooked because there's the, you know, there are these guys who act silly and they, you know, they don't take things seriously. That's entirely my brand. I didn't take nothing seriously. So, you know, I love the new mm-hmm. day. Um, but yeah, Kobe's like, why not me? Why not me? Let me in there. Let me, let me go do it. Uh, so I like it. Yeah. I, and yeah. I, I liked it. It set up a great match. I'm mm-hmm. glad Kofi's in there. He then had to immediately um, yeah. participate in the gauntlet match too, because later that night they had a gauntlet match with all six participants and the winner of the gauntlet match would be able to enter last. And the reason why entering last in the elimination chamber is such a, a coveted spot. It's just like entering 30 at the Royal Rumble because you know, f- five people have already been let into the elimination chamber. You're hoping by the time you come out, maybe there's already been a few eliminations and then it, you're all fresh and there they've been, you know, fighting. So it, it was very coveted spot. The gauntlet match was, it was okay. You know, um, the biggest thing from the night was each competitor had a promo. They just had different promos saying why they wanted to win the gauntlet match uh, so that they can come in six or why they were going to win the elimination chamber. And we got uh, Randy Orton doing his uh, promo saying why he was going to not only come in six in the, for the gauntlet, win the gauntlet come in six, but then win the elimination chamber match. And he brought up how he ended the fiend and immediately it cut to Alexa bliss being super creepy, super scary. Sitting in the middle of a pentagram, it was, it was so good. It was that so was good. not that was not right. I didn't. I was not ready for that. I'm I'm still reeling from it because it. You know, we see her sitting there. She's looking demonic. It's all good, right? And she's already really creepy. Um, and and the thing that occurred to me was number one, like I I used to just. Anytime I watched Randy Orton, I'm like, this guy is just really freaky. Go back to the first episode for the random Army Hammer references. That's old news now. But, um, you know, the pentagram, like, I didn't realize that we were getting that serious about the d- demonic stuff. I didn't realize it was like that with Alexa. Yeah. Uh, Grace, what do you think? Did they take it up a notch with the... Uh... The yeah. scary supernatural. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, at some point we have to, I mean, you have to imagine that the fiend is coming back and, and we'll have Randy Orton firmly in his crosshairs. Um, yeah. But like, how do they, so what are they going to do to sort of explain how the fiend comes back? Right. Like, I, I feel like they could just have him show up, but hopefully uh, there's a little bit more to it. And I think Alexa playing with pentagrams is, you know, an interesting yeah. way to go about that. So, yeah. You you know I've been team exorcism since like you know, a few <laughs> weeks ago. I'm full on. He yeah. possesses Alexa. We get a good exorcism going, and we transfer the consciousness. I don't know. <laughs> I'm all I'm here for it. Like I said, this has been a great great storyline. Alexa has been doing a great job just holding this feud together, being the glue between Randy and Bray Wyatt, the fiend. Um, it. 
I would I would assume that this is leading to a WrestleMania match between Randy and the Fiend, some sort of cinematic match. And when I tell you I can't wait, I cannot wait. This has been this has just been great programming for the last two months. You know, well, I was thinking a lot about this, and because of this long-term storytelling by WWE, like it is nice that we don't have that we haven't had the fiend on TV, and that we've seen Alexa represent. But you know, it's I, I think most people still perceive it as a feud between Randy and the fiend, and mm-hmm. and so I would love to see Alexa somehow involved in that mania match rather than just kind of being like a conduit for this feud to continue and for it to build. I don't know where the fiend is. I don't want to know where the fiend is, but I you know I I want Alexa to get all the credit she deserves for like really being a pivotal part of this feud because she's. She's she's in the mix. Like it's really in my mind a feud right now between Randy and Alexa, which is not something that I ever thought I would say or, or see. Hmm. I I I agree with what you're saying. I mean, worst come to worst, they can just do it where like Alexa's in the ring, they cut the lights, and the, the fiend is where she's standing. I mean, like oh. yeah, good fake transformation type thing. So I think Alexa is doing great. I see, I think people are giving her her flowers. So yeah. I, I I just think you cannot understate um, what she has contributed to this feud. Even if we know the overarching theme is The Fiend versus Randy, I, I don't see in a world where anybody is like, okay, Alexa, scoot to the side. We want to see you know, the men wrestle. I, I don't see that happening. Yeah, I'll I'll just add that with with Alexa, I I want to give WWE their flowers right now because they're doing some really amazing stuff. I almost feel like someone on the writing team has been told like, okay, the only thing you should focus on is how you could use the Thunderdome strategically to like build this character and add to the character. And it's been mind blowing to see Randy Orton have all these different like episodes where he's freaking (laughs) out about Alexa and like over, over his shoulder or in the background, I look over and I just see the announcers looking down, doing their thing, like everything's normal. Like they don't acknowledge it. They don't see it. And that's the type of storyline we would see in like a WWE video game. Um, and it's not the type of thing we would get on TV. So that's that's like peak peak uh, peak pandemic storytelling for WWE. I mean, you almost called John Morrison earlier, Johnny Mundo. And yeah. it, it's very Lucha Underground-y. So folks don't know Lucha Underground yeah. was a show that uh, was on the El Rey Network. It was on Netflix very briefly. But the idea there was that it was entire, right. like it was super kayfabe. Like what, it's like, it was almost more like a TV show. And the stuff that was filmed backstage was done much more cinematically than like um, anything else. And almost like sometimes the announcers, they, they didn't pretend to know what was happening you know, in a segment backstage, right? And so there was some really interesting storytelling. And I think because of the Thunderdome that they can, you know, play around with editing and play around with, you know, they don't need to, it doesn't actually need to be live. You can say it's live, it doesn't right. actually need to be live. They have a lot more creativity. I think this is a storyline where we're getting to see the, the most of that. So it's been quite fun. Yeah. yeah. It's- and, and it culminated, like uh, Matt alluded to, um, at the gauntlet match. Um, Randy Orton was facing Drew McIntyre 
they were facing off and then all of a sudden the lights in the Thunderdome did the little the doom, 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 you know, and Alexis just face just took over all of the screens and she was just laughing maniacally to the point where Randy is just like turning around looking at it. He got counted out like so there, it was like like Matt said, the ref was still counting. Everybody's just going along with their business and he was so freaked out. He got counted out and it brought Sheamus out as the last person in the gauntlet match. Sheamus and Drew had a, a little match there and Sheamus ended up pinning Drew and now Sheamus is the sixth person to enter the elimination chamber and again Sheamus and Drew have been um feuding they, their their feud has been their storyline has been cl- clashing for the past few weeks uh, originally Drew said he was going to straight up give uh Sheamus a a match so this was this was good again the match itself, the the elimination chamber match for the WWE championship, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. But I am more probably gonna be focusing on to see if somehow the fiend costs Randy the championship. Just to stop at the ridiculousness of this for a second. So when I was looking at all of the screens with Alexa's face up there, I wondered if it would be even creepier, like if instead of having Alexa's face on all of the screens, if we instead had like uh, like a Snapchat type of filter on everyone in the Thunderdome's faces, so just like yeah. a normal everyday fan cosplaying as Alexa, I would pay so much to see that. The, the, the IT people working double time. You're asking too yeah. much. Yeah, I hope they're listening because that's what I want next week. If we could, if if we still have Alexa, if there's nothing, you know, if we're lucky to have her still. So. Uh, Grace, any final thoughts on the uh, WWE Championship Elimination Chamber match? Um, I I think that we're headed. I think you're right that Randy will get uh, screwed over by the Fiend, and I think probably the only thing I can really see is that you know either Drew just retains or Sheamus sort of you know, wins setting up Drew versus Sheamus at WrestleMania. Cause I, I yeah. don't think, I think we'll, we'll get to some of the stuff that happened on SmackDown yesterday, but I, um, and on Friday, I, I think it seems like edge probably isn't going to be in the raw title picture, though. Nothing is confirmed. They could switch right. that back. The, I, I don't mind. I like the Drew and Sheamus stuff like on paper. I think it's like, Oh, that's really fun. They were friends and you know, Sheamus, but it just, there hasn't really been enough. Like why is Sheamus, like, cause he said on, on Raw, I think he said like, it's not for the title or something, but it obviously, I mean, if you're not supposed to believe the bad guy, but yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just like, it doesn't feel like they've gone very deep on like, these guys were really good friends and, mm-hmm. and now they're not like, uh, I just wish there was maybe a little bit more to that storyline, but maybe this is the sort of beginning of it. This is the, you That's know, uh, after the elimination chamber, it gets a little bit more heated. Yeah. Exactly, and it, it it really and it's one of those storylines that have also been done to death too. It's like, oh, we were sure. really good friends once, and now we're not. It's like I'm gonna need a little bit of spice on that. But I agree. I think it's either gonna be McIntyre or Sheamus. I don't see anybody else. Uh, Matt, uh, your predictions on who you think will win? I'm gonna go with McIntyre, but mostly for the like for the stand tall math that that us mm, uh, right. like us <laughs> often talk about, which was like we saw Drew looking strong, standing t- or not Drew, we saw Seamus looking tall or standing tall, um, and yeah, I think that 
I don't think we'll see him win. I I, I wonder how this is going to lead into WrestleMania mm-hmm. um, because it it is kind of striking when you have the champion go in and then just defeat all of these different contenders. So Ooh, yeah, that's true. I don't really know what to think about that. But you know, maybe maybe Sheamus does pull it out. Um, but my official prediction is true. The only guy really missing from this elimination chamber match, and who I think you know, if you do have Drew, kind of like wipe the floor with like five challengers, as you're right, mm-hmm. like where do you go? The other yeah. guy is Braun. I think Braun Strowman, oh, Drew yeah. Braun match. I think you know, let Drew conquer Braun, or Braun beats him. But I think that would be the storyline I'd want to see. I don't think Drew uh, yeah. conquer Braun at WrestleMania. Well, I mean, it yeah. could be something. I was going to say, I don't know if uh, I, I keep I keep going back to Vince McMahon for some reason, uh, but I'm like, does Vince McMahon like Braun Strowman as much as he used to? I don't know. I feel like Braun's sort of in the background these days and he's not as dominant as he was like literally didn't he have a match where he beat like 20 people <laughs> What he is, beat like, Goldberg. What is he beat Goldberg. He oh, beat Goldberg. Well, yeah. you know, so he was the champion literally... last year. He was the champion yeah. coming yeah. out of yeah. WrestleMania yeah. last but year. There was a yeah. match a few years ago where he beat, I need to look this up. Someone's like yelling at their podcast um, right now. But he was in a match with like 10 different people and he beat them all. Because well, he, he was, was really doing dumb. I think, I think when he first debuted, he was yeah, doing this where like he would fight one guy, then that's not enough. So he'd fight two, and then he'd fight three. Right. And then he'd fight, you know. Um, yeah. I yeah, I really want to move on. That's why I don't want to talk about Braun because no, I just no yeah. one wants to talk about him. No, no. But <laughs> I, I see what you're saying because he did ask why wasn't he in the elimination chamber match, and they were like, "Well, technically, you were a Universal Champion. You weren't a WWE mm. Champion." And that was like yeah. two weeks ago, though. We haven't seen him for a while. So, uh, Grace, you might be right. He might. I'm be... just, I'm just wondering: Are we like, are they setting the, the stage for a storyline that that will like, you know, a Sheamus and Drew storyline, or maybe with somebody else? Somebody beats Drew, and then Drew gets the rematch. Or is this like, okay, all these guys are out of the picture, Drew? beat them what's next yeah. so there's not many mm-hmm. other options there, and, and from all the reports the the wwe championship match at wrestlemania is basically open and so right. they're they're saying that anything can happen so we'll see waiting on a tax return hopefully it ends up in your hands fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30 percent in 2023 if you're in a bind this tax season lifelock can help Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The next Elimination Chamber match is that number one contenders match for the Universal Championship. And in that, we have Kevin Owens, uh, Cesaro, Daniel Bryan, King Corbin, Sami Zayn, and Jay Uso. So this Elimination Chamber match is different because whoever wins it will then immediately, from what Roman Reigns is saying, will immediately have a match with Roman Reigns. Um, so. 
this one I'm more excited about just because I love all of those guys in there. Like, and I, I really do believe anybody can win it. But since we already alluded to it, it, it looks like we're going towards Edge versus Roman for uh, WrestleMania because if this week for this match, in order to get everybody hyped for this match, it was basically Edge going to each competitor and kind of giving them a, a pep talk. Like it was like a, a weird pep talk. He's like, oh, go in there. You know, like if you come out the the champion, I'm like, it was just, it was just a pep talk basically. And Edge was in every single one of their pep talks. So if, if this is kind of like a stepping stone match, if this is a match that somebody wins, they immediately get down by Roman and we're just stepping over their bodies to get to WrestleMania. Like, how can they do this so that um, it it's relevant? Uh, Grace, what, what's your thoughts? How, how do they do this where the winner of an elimination chamber match doesn't immediately become a loser by default because they are not in the big plans? I think that they that is what's going to happen, and I think that <laughs> they've kind of backed themselves into a corner. I think it was it's a really like clever story uh, to have Roman like Roman used to be like when people wanted him to be a bad like when people were first cheering Roman and why he sort of got the push is because people were like this guy is so cool he just beats everyone up he's so strong and then people started to resent that a, a bit um, and it's, so it's been interesting that his like bad guy character is just like actually a bit more weaselly than like. I think some of us thought like he's trying to use all these contract man, WWE, nobody loves a good contract stipulation or like how to get a lawyer involved more than WWE, like more than like, it's just like, actually uh, section two B of the contract actually says that it actually has to be whatever. It's just like, what they're so, they're so obsessed with contract. They love their lawyers. Oh, they love it. They love contracts. They love it. Um, but I think they they might have backed themselves into a corner where, like, you know, uh, I'm not sure if folks watched the Cesaro uh, promo on Talking Smack last week that went that was going around that uh, Twitter. It's Cesaro sort of cutting this promo on Paul Heyman being like, I'm a guy who loves wrestling. I, and it's just really like one of the first I think Cesaro has been he's always he's been in the ring. He's one of my favorite wrestlers ever. I, I love mm-hmm. Cesaro. He's so crisp he's so good at wrestling it's just that like he's not a great promo um he's not great at talking on the mic and i, I love him to death but he's just not super strong and even his promo is a little bit awkward yeah. but it's also like that awkwardness that i love about it that he's like he's clearly just a guy who loves wrestling i'm worried a bit that like okay say they set cesaro up to like run the gauntlet in the chamber and then he fights roman and he gets sort of screwed out over that and then it's just like okay well now we got to move on from cesaro because we have edge now um it's just, it's all the same stuff with dan o'brien from a few years back of like people yeah like, okay, stop moving yeah. away from the guy that I really want to see. And it's unfortunate that, like, Edge is positioned as this, like, legend guy who's just coming in to take that spot because I love Edge, too. But mm-hmm. I'm a little bit worried about, like, I'm going to be really – I mean, maybe that's the, that's what they want me to feel is, like, Dana right. Ryan wins the Elimination Chamber and then immediately gets crushed by Roman. I'm like, oh, that sucks. I'm so sad. But, like, that's also what they want me to feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's the type of thing where I don't feel like the – like, we don't – we have a, a few too many elements in or like too, a few too many irons in the fire here where like if Edge wasn't a factor, if Edge challenged Drew, that would then mean that we would just have the SmackDown field among itself. Um, and like I can imagine Cesaro winning the Elimination Chamber, losing to Roman, and then maybe we have some kind of dynamic where it's like Cesaro and Daniel Bryan with uh, or against Roman and Seth, something like that. But I'm really confused with the addition of Edge, how where Cesaro falls, really. I, I kind of feel like he'll just 
land in the background, but I hope that's not the case because they have done a really decent job building him recently and he's kind of been on fire. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people in this match have, this, have really been yeah. on fire lately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This match, that's why I'm 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 really excited just for all of the performers because they have really been giving on SmackDown, they've been really giving these men time for promos, for great matches. Like this feels like an upper like division, you know, like a real top of the card. So I do like that it's not for the championship because you don't get that whole if the champion wins and they ran through the five people, they all look like dopes. But again, we get to this thing where we get the winner and do they get crushed by Roman? So one of my thought processes is, so maybe do we get a Jay Uso win and then we get a finger poke of death situation where he just lays down for Roman and Roman smirks off like the, the heelish, you know, <laughs> heel that he is? Or do we get something where somebody like... um Kevin Owens wins because at this point, he, you know, he can't really get lower. He's already mm-hmm. lost to Roman. He, you're building him up as he, I get another chance. But then at the match for Roman, you get interference. You know, yeah. maybe you get a, maybe you get Jey Uso interference. And then maybe you have Edge come in and trying to negate Jey Uso's interference. And then maybe Edge accidentally hits KO with, with the, you know, with I- something. I think the two storylines that I would be, I could sort of see the most realistically is one is, so you have Jey Uso win somehow, and then, yeah, he sort of gets, you know, he he just lies down for Roman. That at least sets up something sort of interesting with like, you know, the sort of the storyline that Edge was sort of, you know, Edge is basically saying like, Roman needs me. He needs to face me because right. I am guaranteeing he'll, he'll be the main event of WrestleMania. Like I'm a big enough name and he's, you know, and I, you know, sort of attaching myself to him will mean we're the main event, which is kind of sort of an interesting take. And I think, you could play into like Edge being like Jay, what? Like you, you, you laid down for your. You could have been in the main. You could have been facing me in the main event of WrestleMania. Like I think there's some interesting stuff there. Mm-hmm. The other one I can see is Kevin Owens wins, loses. He's already lost a bunch of times, so right. taking another loss is sort of fine. And then you know him and Edge are Canadian. They had that chat on Smack. You kind of be like, I tried. I've been trying. I've been trying. You know, and I know you want this too. Like you go now, Edge. It's your like go get go beat Roman, right? Like I sort of see those are the two storylines that I could sort of see. Maybe we we walk out of Elimination Chamber setting something up there. Well, the other thing I wonder, though, looking at the Elimination Chamber field, assuming that Roman will win the championship ma- uh, match after one way or the other, um, like who could really use the Elimination Chamber win under their belt? Because no matter what, they'll have won the chamber, and that could be something that they reference in the future. Like part yeah. of me is thinking, like who would they want to attach that to? Like is it like would it, will we see Sami Zayn win the match somehow and then just get crushed by Roman? I wonder, but that, like to me, that would be really, Mm. really fun because then it's building his resume, but also it's definitely not going anywhere. And you can definitely hear him saying, I got screwed over. Thank you. The documentary will be filming his like injustice. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's right into it. Cesaro like running the gauntlet and then like falling at the last of like can't actually beat Roman I think is like interesting too like part of the thing is like when fans you want your your guys your, your favorite uh, guys and girls to like win all the time that actually does isn't a great story to have them win constantly so like mm-hmm. having him like win a big match and then he has to do this like what you know it's the final boss of a video game and he actually can't beat it is it's compelling too right it shows that he's like not this like machine that like he sort of portrays himself to be I think they could do that with Daniel Bryan too so I think that that could be fun I think it's that's a good just point. so like, good. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can see everybody in this match being a winner, except for King Corbin. Because yeah, I know when you're talking about pep talks, it's like he didn't give King yeah. Corbin a pep talk. No. Yeah, no. Of him. <laughs> I was gonna say the one the yeah. one thing that I wanted to just mention that's like escaped my mind for all of the podcasts so far. So Daniel Bryan is he part of the or, uh, Brian Danielson, the man, the human? Is he part of the SmackDown creative team? Wait, I don't, what? I'm not sure. I don't know. I What do you mean? Why? Yeah, because part of what I... Something I've heard since last year... I have to look this up. Maybe I'm just like... Oh, oh. Too, I yeah, did hear but, he, uh, would get, he was going to get a lot of free reign and like who he right. wanted to wrestle. Like knowing it was sort of the end of his... You know, probably his last run. That yes, he and he, that. he helped Big E too. He helped Big E... Uh, formulate this current character before but mm. before we get away from this i want to kind yeah. of put my two cents in on no, this please. elimination chamber match so i could definitely see cesaro winning right like you said running the gauntlet uh, maybe going in first you know getting all tired and then coming out to roman giving roman like like the business um and then maybe we get interference from Jay. I, I, we're going to get some sort of interference. I mean, come on. It, it's shenanigans galore. We have to. And I think if you do mm-hmm. it that way, it also kind of helps the winner of the Elimination Chamber because you already have the excuse that they did a whole Elimination Chamber match. Now they have to fight a, a fresh edge of uh, Daisy Roman. If you also throw in, oh God, but now I got to deal with Jay, Jay Uso interference. It makes Cesaro look like a superhero even yeah. in the defeat. And then after that, I think you could have really good interactions between Cesaro and Edge because, like you said, Edge said, in order for this to be the main event, I need to be in it. Cesaro could be like, no, I won the Elimination Chamber. I want to petition to um, to be the number one contender at WrestleMania. And then you can have them going at it like, oh, you oh. know... Cesaro you know and Edge? Oh my god. Yes, exactly. Oh, you have wow. Cesaro and Edge fighting for a get a few feuds in there to help build out the, the rest of the WrestleMania um There's one run more up. interview, right? There's one more between this normally fast. Oh god, they, I hope not. Right. This is so many. Like, so <laughs> many normally, normally they do, because uh WrestleMania is in April, April now, yes, yeah, yeah. April now, yeah. So maybe there yeah, is but, in March twenty, March twenty. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's just yeah. more content for our, our, our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> but I can definitely see that. And then you have now you have the whole edge, like I'm a star, you're not on my level type thing to Cesaro. So I, there's just so many ways this can go. Can go, and like I said, this is the match that I am really, really excited about. The one elimination chamber match that I that I am excited about. So my final predictions. I've talked myself into it. I think I'm going to go with Cesaro winning the elimination chamber match. Uh, Grace, who do you think? Uh, who, who's your money on? Yeah, I think. Well, um, you know what? I was. You, I'll go different. I'll, I'll say Kevin Owens uh, pulls it out uh, and loses. Mm-hmm. And I know that's like you know we've seen that match a lot of times, but this you know is a little bit of a different spin on it. Of like he's just completed the elimination chamber and has to fight him again. So I'll, I'll say Kevin Owens. I'm giving it to Sami Zayn. Sami oh. Zayn mm-hmm. has all of my money. I want that. <laughs> I want. I want the controversy. I want the conspiracy. Yeah. Sammy yeah. Zayn. That would be so good. I mean, yeah. those are those are great picks. I know we're all hoping that King Corbin wins and then beats Roman. I know that's what we all want, 
But we have to be realistic. (laughs) Right. You know, pick what we think will happen. Sadly, yeah. Yep. And again, after that, we have the Universal Championship match. Roman Reigns, who is the current champion versus whoever wins that chamber match. And I think we are just all in agreement that that Roman wins this. There's no way that Roman doesn't win this. It'll be some shenanigans or something, but he's definitely going to win that. Uh, So this is an interesting one, guys. Um... The Raw Women's Championship match. Asuka, the current champion, versus Lacey Evans. Whoa. So, <laughs> so as of, again, as of Saturday, this is still on the card, guys. Like, this is still being advertised. Uh, which is very interesting since on Monday, we got, uh, we got Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce versus Charlotte uh, Charlotte and Oscar, and when Lacey was tagged in, she ab- abruptly got out of the ring and said, "I'm pregnant." Uh, <laughs> there are so many things to Matt. Please. This was confusing. Let me just break down some <laughs> other stuff because I I took some notes on everything that Lacey was saying. So before the match, when she's coming out, because by the point that I saw that match, like I already knew about her being pregnant. So she's oh, talking about okay. like, uh, uh, no, this, I, I, well, I didn't watch it live. I didn't watch this. Oh, oh okay. Okay, so okay. I didn't, I don't in have that, like, any, that are, like DMing, like <laughs> she, she, <laughs> she sent me the little, like yeah. the little strip. I'm like, whoa, congratulations. <laughs> two big lines. Oh, yeah. Two great. big lines. I know. Exactly what that means. <laughs> Great, um, but no, she was talking about how she really wanted the chance at the Raw Women's Championship. Um, she also had a line about really taking it all in, which, in the context of everything, I just thought was like kind of a gross, disgusting thing. I don't know that I'm going to keep going. Um, and keep then, going. Um, come, and then she said, uh, "Come Sunday, you'll be getting me the giving me the Raw Women's Championship." So, I mean. Are, is she going to be pulled from this match technically or I, cause I just assume that she was pulled because you can't like wrestle when you're pregnant and you shouldn't be in matches when you're pregnant. But I mean, we've seen it before. So I know this is where your brain has to do like, you know, you have to just suspend your disbelief because like, yeah, any competent medical team would just say like, no, you can't, <laughs> like you can't wrestle. But I think we're going to get a gimmick where like in the same way that like Lacey was like, you can't touch me. Like you can't, like you literally can't touch me. I feel like we might get like it's like almost like a comedy match of like her just being like you can't touch me so you have to just lie down and I win like oh, you have to do that. God. I just <laughs> uh, that, okay so I don't know how you resolve that though either. I don't like there's yeah. no resolution to that like you can't you because yeah she shouldn't be wrestling so like she shouldn't yeah or she just well, like get distracted by Charlotte and she leaves you get counted like I don't know how you like resolve that. Matt, yeah, I really, I, I, so so for a little bit of background, <sighs> Becky Lynch yeah. did wrestle last year. From what we understand, she wrestled WrestleMania last year, pregnant. From what mm-hmm. I from what I understand, mm-hmm. we didn't. I don't think she knew. I don't think we we definitely didn't right. know. Serena Williams won a Grand Slam title, well, pregnant. Yeah. Um, yeah. For all of our challenge listeners, the crossovers, yeah. one of the challenge uh, participants, uh, Melissa Reeves, she. She competed on the trail the final, pregnant yeah. all the way to what? the final. Yes, but, and her her and her baby are healthy. All of yeah, these babies yeah. are are healthy. Yeah. So, like you know, I've been pregnant. When I was pregnant, I could not lift a finger, <laughs> let alone do a, a WWE match. But 
I, there's no way you're going to get around this. Like once, once it's, once it's like confirmed and you tell the whole world, you, you just can't rightfully put somebody in a match and not have us all cringing from like, just cringing. I'm so gonna, yeah, I, I'm going to put my, my stick had. in the ground here. Like we need, I, I think we, we, I want Lacey to have that championship. I can't hold back anymore. I just want to mention, I want Lacey to have that championship pregnant. And I don't know how WWE is going to do it, but what? everyone's going to be mad. And I think it'll be brilliant. So sir, that's, sir. that's what, uh-oh, uh-oh. What did you do before we hopped on this call? <laughs> I am, I watched some clips. I said, oh my God, I, I, we need more of Lacey. We need more of Lacey right now in this field of chart. The reason I say it, <laughs> the reason I say it is because, like, I do not want Charlotte Flair anywhere near anything else <laughs> that anyone has going on. So keep her with Lacey. Like, I don't care what's going on. Give Lacey the championship. They don't need to have a match. I just don't want Charlotte put in someone else's business. And that's where this well, is coming from. There also might be some folks who like are wondering, like, well, isn't this just a storyline? Like, isn't isn't Lacey just pretending to be pregnant? Like, isn't oh. this and I, I don't, mm. I, as far as the reports are, is like, she actually is pregnant and it just yeah. happens that she's in a storyline with like Charlotte's dad. Yeah. Like it's just like quite the coincidence for it to happen, but it does yes. seem legit that Lacey Evans is actually bringing it. This is not like a this is not a kayfabe. No, I yeah, this, no, yeah, this has way, been uh, confirmed. <laughs> Congratulations, yeah. I think is the uh, yeah, to the right. person behind the character. Right. We wish we wish well to Lacey oh, yeah, Evans. Yes, yes. <laughs> the, I don't know her her shoot name, uh, but name Lacey either, yeah. person. Um, and so yeah, we I think it's like Macy something. So yeah, just we'll go with that. Yeah, but congrats anyway, to her and her husband yeah. and her daughter. Um, yeah. But I need something. I need something else. I was really hoping they would pivot. I, I was really, really hoping they would pivot uh, and give Asuka a different match. That's why I think another reason why I thought like a women's tag team elimination chamber match would have worked here because then you could have had Shayna and Nia. You could have had Charlotte and Asuka. You could have had mm-hmm. uh, Sasha and Bianca. Um uh, Dakota and Raquel, yeah, right. And then you know you could have made up the two yeah. more, you know. So I, I really, really wish they had pivot, but we'll we'll see. Maybe it'll it'll probably be a, something like a. Well, they have like day, uh, Peyton Peyton Royce wrestle as her surrogate. Your <laughs> like surrogate, oh. rest, uh, you know, champion or something. Yeah, is Ric Flair going to win the women's championship on on Sunday? <laughs> I just, I'm, I guess I'm here for the ridiculous, <laughs> the new. Ric Flair, the women's uh, champion. The funny thing is that kind of wouldn't be that would be interesting, but I the characters aren't interesting. So you know what I'm saying? Like, like you 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 put Peyton Royce in there as her surrogate if she, like she beat Oscar, yeah. she wins, and now she is the champion, but she's the champion. Yeah. That Maybe would they, be interesting. No. But they've it, done that just, before, I think, where like somebody is injured or something and they had someone wrestle yeah, on their behalf. I'm sure. but, uh, they did that. Mm-hmm. I, I just I put the Rick Fire thing out there as like a feminist. I do not want Rick Fl- like a you know 72 year old man being the women's champion. I, I just mm-hmm. Want to put that out there that I do not want that to happen. No, 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 no. no. But would, would he be? Would he be a seventeen-time world yeah. champion because oh, of the women's chip? I look. I I want it because I'm just like, look. I know that 
like and grace i think that's like that's spot on like we don't <laughs> want rick flair to, to lead the women's division but at the same time whether he wins the championship whether lacy even wins it like they're not i think people understand like it's the storyline we're not actually seeing taking them seriously right. yeah exactly um, so i i would kind of like that just because it's like wwe being ridiculous like don't take yourself too seriously and yeah sometimes yeah edge. imagine like, Rick, like with the women's championship next to charlotte being like well no, i'm the women's champion <laughs> like, but, see, that's yeah. what i was about to say <laughs> one week. Like, but that's what i was about to say what if we get rick to like to talk to charlotte and be like look this baby is happening. Lacey is your new step, step, step mom. Why don't you wrestle in her stead? And then Charlotte beats Asuka, has the title, but it's for Lacey. Oh my god, that is so horrendous. This is like, this is actually blowing my mind right now. Why are we on the booking team? Why don't we write for WWE? We have so many great ideas this week. That sounds that sounds like some stuff they would do. Oh my god. This is and, and again, guys, we are just here to enjoy wrestling. We love getting hardcore about hardcore stuff, but this is honestly a situation that you just you cannot imagine. You cannot imagine uh, you know, getting getting pregnant at the time where you're about to face off for the title, even though it's happened a few times. Uh, I think somebody said on Twitter that Asuka is like the the good luck charm or like yeah, the, <laughs> for uh whoever yeah goes to face her gets pregnant but um it's just so funny you have to laugh honestly at this point we just gotta laugh because just the timing of her being in a storyline where she's like yes dating (laughs) rick flair like like he's her mentor (laughs) and then him just like celebrating and dancing like he does it's just so ridiculous i know this is but this is so like this is fun you know and i think if anyone's mad at the story i'm glad that they have like that they've gone where they have with it we have had our reactions to this story this entire podcast but look i mean i'm the thing i will say this because i wanted to mention it like i am really happy for um the person behind lacey evans because Mm -hmm. like the fact that you could and and looking at becky too like the fact that you could wrestle and do all this to your body and still be pregnant and have a healthy child is is amazing and i'm just glad that that's the, the case for um definitely for becky as we saw and i'm sure for lacey yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> so uh <sighs> we don't know who's going to win that match. That we'll just say TBD. I'm, I'm going to go with whoever whoever is facing Asuka will win that match. <laughs> Whether oh, it's Lacey no. or Rick. I don't want I don't want it. But it's you know what? I kind of do. Like yeah, the the fun like oh this is just a mess anyway in me. I want Rick Flair to win that championship. So that's going to be my official <laughs> prediction. Rick Flair is the okay, Raw Women's in. Champion. Ding. Ding. Uh, Grace, how about you? Yeah, I'll go with Oscar. I'm just not. I can't will it. I can't will the, I know. somebody I else know. winning into existence. So yeah, yeah I, don't think, I, I think I'm doing the opposite here. <laughs> I will go with Asuka as well. So um, the other match we have is this triple threat match for the United States Championship featuring Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, and Bobby Lashley. And I'm just going to be real with y'all. I'm going to keep it 100. I mm. really don't care about this match. Like, <laughs> which is crazy because I love me some Keith Lee. Like, Keith Lee, this in this house, we stand Keith Lee. I bask in his glory. I'm telling you. Mm. And yeah. so... And and Bobby Lashley, like I've always 
been I, I've not been a fan of Bobby Lashley, but I've always appreciated his his work rate and, and what he does. My favorite moments with Bobby Lashley was when he was paired with Leo Rush. I thought that was great. That was and they did great. not they didn't give it enough time to breathe at all and I'm uh, I was really bummed that they they took it into a different direction and then they split them up. Matt Riddle, okay. So I I I'm really not invested in this match. Mm-hmm. At this point because the hurt business is still trying to be relevant, they need to keep this secondary championship on them. That's what what I'm thinking. So I will say that I think Bobby Lashley is going to win, but I really wish Keith Lee would win. But I'm I'm gonna go with uh, Bobby Lashley. Grace, what are, what's your thoughts on this triple threat match? I think we could see a Keith Lee win, and I think mm-hmm. uh, there's been some turmoil within the Hurt business. We've seen Cedric and yeah. Shelton not really getting along. I could see maybe something happens there where Bobby Lashley ends up, and he hasn't really like um, he wasn't even out there uh, during last week when uh, during the tag team title match, and they showed up. And anyway, yeah, he, it's been a little bit separate, so I could see you know he could get frustrated with uh, Cedric, you know, interfering or whatever. And they put the title on Keith Lee heading into WrestleMania. I could see him getting a good run with the the U.S. title. Mm -hmm. So I don't think Riddle has a shot, but um, I could see Keith Lee winning. Grace, could you talk through that more? Because in my head, my prediction will not be Riddle because I really... I, like I don't even want to mm-hmm. like. I, I know that I'm not willing it into existence, but I kind of have a feeling like he's been around a lot, and they've featured him a lot lately. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of, I'm kind of leaning toward Riddle, but I just need you to convince me not to do that. Well, I think the thing in this in this match is that I think Keith Lee is like they know that they have money in Keith Lee, and mm-hmm. they put him in a title match, like a world title match, and he lost, and so they've kind of like you know put him down in that next category. But if you think about, I think you talked about this uh, last week about triple threat matches, and that sometimes mm-hmm. you add in a new component to be the person who takes the fall, right? To be the person right. who takes the fall. But in this scenario, like if you want Riddle to get the title, you're not adding Keith Lee for for Riddle right. to beat Keith Lee. So I just don't see that the, it's like almost like the math doesn't work. <laughs> the math's sense. not mathing. Yeah. The math isn't mathing. So like the, the, the only thing I can see is like, this is, it's actually the reverse that, that Riddle's there to take. So Keith Lee can be Riddle. And yeah. then you put the belt on, on Keith Lee. Um, and maybe a Keith Lee, Bobby Lashley singles match at some point down the, the mm. line. Can be interesting, but awesome. yeah, there's just not much happening here. It's kind of like, Riddle was fighting Lashley, and then Keith Lee was like, "No, I want to." Sh-. It's it's very similar to what's happening on SmackDown, actually, with Cruz and and Big E. Um, mm-hmm. Although I feel like there's a little bit more meat on the bone over there. This is kind of like yeah. uh, these guys are fighting, Literally. and you know, I don't, yeah. So there's not much there. It's not the most compelling storyline we've seen in a while. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna I'm with you on that. I think I, I I'm gonna I, I'm gonna predict a Keith Lee win here. Wishful thinking, but also Bobby Lashley retaining would be amazing. But yeah, maybe we'll get Keith Lee taking the championship out of here because we have seen some dissension in the Hurt business. So I could see that just causing more drama with them, and maybe they'll get the championship back. I don't. I don't think Bobby Lashley losing the championship is a bad thing. I think that actually could be a a good thing for the Hurt business and give them something else into uh, to throw into the mix. Yeah, because and they they need something. The Hurt Business really needs something to throw into the mix because they have three titles. I keep forgetting they yeah. have the, the the Raw Tag Team Championships, and they have all those titles, but nothing seems, at least for me, to be sticking to make anything really like juicy. So 
I, I they need to figure something out, especially headed into WrestleMania season, um, with all those mid mid card belts on on their hips. So, yeah. um, speaking of uh, speaking of Big Big E and Apollo and Shinsuke, I know I'm, I might be going a little bit off book here because we have one more match to talk about for Elimination Chamber, but it was really hard not to put a Big E highlight here. Uh, because we we wanted to we want to stick to the elimination chamber as much as possible, but dang, Biggie, Apollo, and Shinsuke are doing the thing on SmackDown over there. I don't know if you guys have been yeah. paying attention, but Apollo is ruthless, and I'm loving. I love a good slow heel turn. Like I don't think you need abrupt heel turns all the time. The abrupt heel turns are great for swerves and surprises, but uh, just a low simmering heel turn mm-hmm. is just just as good uh matt do you have any quick comments on something so off topic i'm sorry guys <laughs> no no worries no i think apollo is the one who really needs to be elevated in all of this and mm-hmm. like even yes uh the other day on smackdown we saw him cutting the promo and kind of like reflecting on how how biggie's sort of like stay in your lane yeah like, get out of my way mm-hmm. you know this is my Thing. like don't take my thing like and so i like that we're getting more of that intensity and the other thing i like that i was thinking about a lot is that like in general in wwe we have so many great we have a lot of great veterans with like strong promo skills like edge randy orton and i was watching randy and i was thinking to myself earlier this week like the, the way people get better is by having practice. So I mm-hmm. like that Apollo's getting practice and I hope that that will actually like make him better and make him more compelling. And maybe he's not like the best promo guy now, but down the line, it would be awesome to see him just like cutting people down like the rock or something. Like, I don't know if that's going to be Apollo's ceiling, but <laughs> I'll take it if that, that is. Yeah. Grace, any thoughts? Yeah. I, I think that Apollo is a guy who was in NXT for a very short time, came up very on the short. roster, and I don't think he got enough time sort of down in NXT to really right. be, become something more than he is. His personality for a really long time has been like, he kind of smiles and he's, he's, he's very athletic and he's like a bit strong. Um, and that's really <laughs> been it, like really, really been it. And so I, I am loving that. I mean, we've seen this a lot. You know, you want to talk about The Rock and you talked about The Rock last week that like it took him coming in, being a smiley baby face, get booed out of the building, yeah. and then turn into a bad guy to really find, you know, personality, to, to figure out who he was. And then mm-hmm. once that you find the things that are sort of like, that sort of stick and work, then maybe at some point he can, you know, become a, a good guy um, again. But I think this would be really fun for Apollo to get to play into um, just being this like resentful, like feeling like, don't talk to me like that. Like I, I'm, like I know what I'm capable of. Like I can win the title. Yeah. It's like, you know, um, and it, it was really fun. And the I've never, I don't think we've seen this like, like the character of like him just holding the steel steps. Yes, and just sort of like like drop it, and he's like fine. Yes. It's like such a child. Such a I've I've worked a lot with kids. Right. Uh, it's it's with summer camp, and it's like sometimes you know when you ask a kid to apologize, like I'm sorry. It's like drop <laughs> that, like drop that, and he like they they like throw it or something, and you're like. Why are you being such a baby? That's exactly what Apollo was like. And it was so good. You're like, like he just drops the step uh, on Big E. Yeah. Um, It's, yeah, it was really well done. I'm really excited to see what Apollo can can do now that uh, he can show a bit more of his character. 
Yeah, after Shinsuke and Apollo's match, uh, Apollo attacks Big E with the steel steps. Uh, he's about to really go in on Big E. He's in the ring. Big E rolls out to the off the apron onto the uh, ring floor. Um, and the ref tells Apollo, put it down, put the steel chair down. He said, you want me to put him down? And we just see him chuck the steel uh, chairs over over the ring post onto the the floor where Big E was last seen, and it it was so good. I it was good. I'm sorry, I had to put it in here. So uh, we will add that to our highlight playlist. Um, everything that we talked about so far, and everything we are going to talk about, you can find in our highlight playlist that will be in our show notes. But let's get to the final match that was literally just added on last night. Um, on for the elimination chamber card, we have Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax versus Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. And again, we had a lot. There was a lot of rumbling on Twitter and stuff like that because at this point, before Sasha and Bianca, we have two number one contenders to the tag team titles. We have um, the uh, on NXT Dakota. Kai and Raquel, they just beat, you know, they just won the Dusty Rhodes Classic, so they are technically number one contenders. Then on top of that, Naomi and Lana have been the uh, number one contenders on Raw. So all of a sudden, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair get a a tag team title shot at the Elimination Chamber. It was very jarring for a lot of people. Uh, Matt, what did you think about this last minute addition to the Elimination Chamber card? Well, I thought the addition was random, but all of the segments that they had on SmackDown, SmackDown were really fun. So we yeah. started with Ding Dong Hello with Bailey, which Love it. was really fascinating to see Bailey just kind of there, sit, literally sitting back. Um, and then we have Sasha and Bianca, who she has a lot of history with. Bianca, especially when it comes to just recent times, and Sasha overall. And so that was interesting to me. But yeah, it uh, it was a it was a choice. It was a choice. Yeah. I mean, what like it kind of fell to the wayside though for me because one we did so we did have references to Naya's situation from last yeah. week. Go yes. back to reference the episode, which I didn't think was necessary. Um, we had Reginald in the mix, which I also think is it increasingly interesting maybe really yeah interesting yes i don't yeah it's like what's uh what's going on here but mm-hmm. i don't yeah i i don't I, we're, i'm sure we're gonna get into the different segments of this mm-hmm. so um i'm looking i'm not really looking forward to the match but i, I am looking forward <laughs> to how the match ends because mm-hmm. i think that that could be really good to set up wrestlemania for obvious reasons potentially yeah um grace any? Did you care that Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair were kind of shunt, shunted to the what? Shunted to the this is like direct. Like, like, did did you care, Grace? Do you I care? Mean, you care? In a way of like, a lot of people were angry. About uh, it, it doesn't anger me. I think that like, I think you know the fact it's not like it's somebody on SmackDown who is like uh, ha- has earned a title shot and they're giving it to them instead. Like, I don't mind that like Nia and Shayna have like all these people sort of coming at them from different brands and and. Mm-hmm. Booking this one, I mean, I don't know what else you do with like the, you, like you know if you had a title match with such. No, they haven't really set anybody else up to have one, so mm-hmm. this is sort of fine. You know, talk about storylines I've been done a million times. It's like, can they coexist? Can these two people, you know, uh, the Sasha and Bianca teaming up? Yeah. Like, I don't think they're going to win. So I do think, yeah, it, it will be interesting to see what happens at the end of that match. Right. Um, but it's not the most exciting thing. But I also don't. 
Like, what else would we want on the table that like would be exciting? I don't. I mean, is, I mean, is a, Naomi... tag team, a tag team elimination chamber? Well, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, my my only other thought is like Naomi and Lana would make a lot of sense, right? Well, see, I think the I think the problem is we're looking at this as this is a match for Shayna and Naya. This match was not put together for Shayna and Naya. No. This is literally a ve- vehicle for Sasha and Bianca. And uh, of course, I've been lamenting for the last few weeks. This is what you get when you have a face versus a face feud. This is literally what you get. They have to tag team together because they can't hit each other because they're the good guys. So this was clearly for Sasha and Bianca. And I'm fine with that because they already set the date for the Dakota Kai and Raquel um, Gonzalez match. That'll be March 3rd on NXT. So, um, you know, NXT has their date. Naomi and Lana now that is something like I do want to know like where the logistics is going there but maybe we are gearing towards like Matt uh, said earlier maybe we're going towards a multi-woman tag team match for Wrestlemania so they're just trying to hold off on Naomi and Lana or because we were just talking about it they have a whole nother pay-per-view before Wrestlemania maybe they're they're holding Naomi and Lana for that so um Again, I, I I don't mind this. I I, I agree. I don't yeah. think Sasha and Bianca are gonna are gonna win, and I'm kind of hoping that one of them turns on each other. Like that. I mean, this is what we're looking for, right? Why, <laughs> tell it. Give us the dirt. Don't leave us hanging. Like, who do you no. hope will turn on who? I, I hmm? love I love heel Sasha Banks. So I'm always yeah. gonna want a heel Sasha Banks because no matter what face or heel I'm going to yeah. be rooting for her um, so I, I would love for Sasha to turn on Bianca or because we got these segments with Reginald we get Reginald sticking his his nose in women's business and costing Sasha and Bianca the the titles and um, and maybe he's supposed to do that because again we got our ding dong hello segment where we had we had set up the the six woman tag uh then we got uh Carmella yelling at Reginald Reginald really tried to pretend like he was just like off staring at wine like <laughs> Carmella has to have <laughs> a tv back there with her vanity she knew he wasn't she knew that he uh wasn't just off somewhere so no you you know mari that this is like this is the the one of the fun things about wrestling where people just don't know sometimes like they're not watching (laughs) they're not watching the show they're too busy getting ready but hey i so i don't I mean, I don't know that that Carmella was like fully watching the match, you know, on a monitor. Maybe she was peeking around the corner, like, "Where's Reginald? I need to find my wine." Also, why is she so concerned with drinking at work? That's yeah. a bigger story, and I think that someone should ask questions. Like, that's listen, if we, if we didn't see Carmella in the back, standing at an awkward angle, watching a TV, like we all do at home, yes. the TV <laughs> is directly beside you, and you're watching it. If we didn't see that, then she doesn't know what's happening. Uh, out at the ring. So okay, okay, yeah. I'll take y'all word for it. So also, how good is Bailey? How good is Bailey? Bailey oh is my so gosh, she's so amazing. Use Bailey. the door. Use the door. <laughs> she was wrestling in socks. Rocks and a turtle she was Wrestling in socks. <laughs> I love this. And I, I, I you honestly, you know, I want to go back. I want to give all of the women their proper uh, shout out for this. We had, um, we had Sasha and Naya were the guests on Bailey's talk show. Again, I said Sasha, Shayna and Naya were the guests on Bailey's talk show. And of course, Shayna has been on a whole nother level. And 
Naya as well, but I just want to give my flowers to Shannon because she is just doing such a good job. I really love the the, the nuance in her character now. I love the charisma the, the, that she's found on the main roster. Pairing her with Nia Jax, this has just been great. I, I, I'm sorry. I know there's a lot of people out there who are not the biggest fans of Nia, but it, th- this pairing has done wonders for both of them. And if, if you don't see that, I just kind of feel like you're, you're being delusional at this point because it's given them both mic time. It's given them both in ring time. And I, I, I like it. it. It seemed like it was something that was just thrown together at first, but now it's really worked out. Um, then on top of that, we, we get, uh, Sasha coming out being just extra Sasha. We love some extra Sasha and then Bianca just matching the extraness. So this, this, um, segment all around was really good for the women. Reginald, I, I'm, I'm getting there. I was going to say he I, did I, enter before Sasha. Well, I'm getting there. It's like, let's just ignore, ignore Reginald, Reginald coming Please. out and sticking his nose into women's business. It's interesting. I like it. Again, his fascination with Sasha, I've been calling it out for weeks and weeks yeah. now. Um, it's starting to seem like it is getting to the point where he is going to have to make a decision. And I, I like it. And I like how they are still doing these matches where he's in the match, but he's not really putting hands on the women uh, in, in creative ways. I, I personally don't care if he does, but I do think if that's their, you know, if that's going to be their protocol, I like that they're at least coming up with creative ways to do that. And I do like it. I do like it. I just, you know, it, I get, I, I get kind of touchy when when we enter men into women's segments just like we were talking about with Ric Flair mm-hmm. earlier see I think it's I think it's great like not I, I don't necessarily think the way that WWE does it is great but I think in general like that's that's one thing that I've really always wanted to see more as a wrestling fan I think part of it might be like as a quick quick aside like growing up in uh North North Jersey indie wrestling scene like one of the wrestlers who is kind of obscure now because she probably retired like 15 years ago. Um, but this was a wrestler named Melissa Stripes, who was uh, just a young woman, but like all of her competitors were men. And I was just amazed. And she was doing 450 splashes and everything. And so, I mean, to me, it, it's cool when we get that level of like interaction, but I, you know, I'm surprised that you don't like Reginald even more because he's Sasha crew. Oh, well, again, he is, but I, I, you know, I have trust issues. Like, <laughs> you're not going to hang around with Carmelo for months on months. And then all of a sudden, you know, I mean, we know where the, I mean, come on, I, I would switch too. But he has to prove, he has to prove until he proves that he is full crew, you know, we, we're keeping him out, out of there. Do you think he's going to dump the wine at any point? Because I do think, like, the, the references to a 96 bottle of Chateau, Chateau Levis and boxed Franzia are not references <laughs> that the PG kid audience probably get. I don't know, but I, I like this. I, everything I saw, I liked. Grace, what did you, how did you feel about all of these segments? Um, yeah, the whole segment was fun. It was great. And then leading into the six men, um, the six women, five women and a man. Uh, yeah, the Reginald stuff is interesting. I mean, when we were talking earlier about like what's Alexa's role when the fiend comes back, yeah. um, mm. I don't think that they 
you know, would make it a handicap match or whatever too. I, cause right. I, I, I sort of was thinking like, are they just going to put her in like a shark cage above the ring? And <laughs> that's disappointing. Maybe they should put Reginald in a shark cage above the ring. And, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's, um, I mean, I love anything that's a bit silly. Like we've seen yeah, we love every that. gimmick under we the sun. That. And so a guy who comes in who's like, a sommelier is like different than everything else. Like it's, it's the reason why like the Naya's whole thing, like is like, Oh, I was not expecting that her to say that. Like, it's exactly, you know, that's what comedy is. It's like the unexpected. Right. So um, having a wrestling sommelier is, is, I think it's funny. I think, you know, anything to make him stand out rather than just being some random guy who hangs out with Carmella and now is interested in Sasha. He has a little bit more depth to his personality. So, um, you know, he's, he's fine. He's there. He, he is what he is. Um. Yeah, I just love Bailey so much. Yeah, I just want to yeah. say it again. <laughs> I have to say though, I, Bailey Bailey is incredible, and I, I just want to give more credit to Nia Jax because in this match, as she's fighting Reginald, she has a moment, and I think WWE is saying like, "Go out there, be even more like vocal than you've been before," because she flat look. I wrote these things down because I'm like, Nia, what are you? Who is feeding you these lines? Because they're brilliant. She called him out for being a Franzia or for calling her a Franzia. And like, it, like, she, I, I just, I love it. Give us more Naya. Give us, give us all the lines. I don't even care if she wrestles. Just, just have her like talking trash in the ring to people uh, while not on mic and it'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> okay. So I, I think that wraps up our Elimination Hammer coverage. Um, like I said, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a good pay per view, and I will be going live right after the pay per view on stereo. So if you want to uh, listen to our live reaction, it's gonna be me and Edmo, our our famous wrestling patron. Me and him will be doing just a live, a quick, maybe like a thirty minute live reaction podcast on stereo. So uh, if you check out my pin tweet on Twitter, you can. Um, you can download the stereo app, follow us and subscribe so you can get a notification once the show starts. But uh, it'll probably be like around 1030 on Sunday, right after the Elimination Chamber match. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, so now, like we've promised, we have promised and we're giving it to you. We're going into AEW. Grace, uh, would you like to lead us through this uh, wonderful world of 
AEW, All Elite yes. Wrestling. Yeah, so I sent some clips. They're in the playlist. It, it's uh, basically AEW's top five moments of, of the week. Um, anything? I think maybe the, the, the lead of the stories, I think last time I was on, he said, you know, I really like AEW. I like what they're doing. The one thing they got to fix, they got to do something with this women's division. They don't know what to do with any of the women. And lo and behold, I think the, literally the week after, they were like, here's a giant tournament. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the most unique setups to a tournament ever, which is uh, half of the bracket is all matches that will take place on Dynamite uh, and, and will take place in America. And half the bracket is all matches that will take place in Japan. So the first um, round of the of the Japanese side of the bracket has completed uh it's on youtube you can go and find it so yeah it's like a really interesting concept and actually i know tournaments aren't always the most you know there's not a ton of story that you know um more than like i want to win a tournament um yeah. that you can do. but uh it is it is something and sort of um lots of uh, names in there that that are sort of fun to see any thoughts on the the AEW women's eliminator tournament yeah, I mean, I would, I would just even say that I'm, I'm like, I've never seen Aja Kong wrestle in. I've seen a lot. I've seen clips on YouTube yeah. before, like, but Aja Kong's always been this, like, this uh, mysterious figure to me who has tons of experience. I mean, it's thirty-five years in the business or something like that by my math, which is yeah. ridiculous, but. In you know, awesome, awesome to see. She was, she was wrestling when Ric Flair was still, was still kind of at his peak. So I actually, I really want to lean more into Aja Kong, and who knows, maybe we'll, maybe we'll get Aja advancing further. But it's fun just always to see new characters and to be introduced. And um, that was my overall thought for the the Women's World Championship Eliminator Tournament. Yeah, Aja yeah. Kong won her first round matchup, and we'll see. Uh, Rio Muzanami in the in the second round. Um, all four of the the women who won their first round matchup from the Japanese side have, have all wrestled in AEW before. Um, they've wrestled at you know a couple pay per views. They they I think Kenny Omega has been a big. I think he actually might be running the women's division. Like he's in charge of the booking of the women's division, and obviously he spent a lot of time in Japan, so um, he's quite familiar with a lot of the Japanese women's wrestlers, the Joshi wrestlers, as they're sort of called. So mm-hmm. um, all the women who advanced have wrestled in AEW in America before. And Asia Khan, I think has a good shot of definitely making the finals and potentially winning the whole uh, winning the whole thing so yeah Aja Kong is she is literally a wrestling legend so to see her again because she did she did wrestle for AEW on one of their I think it was one of their pay-per-views before they got um, their TV deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to just go back and read uh, from our, our listener uh, Eric uh, Eric D at Iraq Lee on Twitter. On Twitter, he sent us the little bios we talked about a few weeks ago. I just want to read his brief little bio on Aja Kong since she uh, moved forward in the tournament. He said she is a wrestling legend. Aja Kong boasts a career that includes the, uh, the WWF. Yeah, uh, she was in the WWF a, a while ago. Um, she's an underrated trailblazer for black athletes. Aja Kong is the daughter of a black American soldier and her Chinese mother. In fact, she was forced to be a monster hero solely because she is of mixed race heritage. And companies right. said that uh, that would be, make her angry to the world. Um 
she's uh, she's very far into her career. She's had a lot of uh, hip and knee injuries, uh, but she she often relies on weapons and a few power moves in tournaments. So uh, I, I'm so excited for for Aja Kong and to see where she goes. I, I did know about her heritage and all of that, and it's just amazing for a trailblazer to to be a mixed race and just be openly uh, celebrated for their contribution to wrestling. Uh, who, who else, who else went, went, uh, went forward in the, the tournament? So she's going to be facing Rio um, Mizunami in the next, in the next round. Uh, Rio Mizunami. And was this, uh, this was again, the Japanese side. So this was not right. on dynamite. Unfortunately, I, I right. really wish they would put more of these on dynamite. Um, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think they're worried that just like the tech, like it won't look quite the same, but I feel like they should, mm-hmm. you know, just air, you know, the match, but they're also, they've yeah. also rushed it a bit because I know they want the finals to take place. At Revolution, which is their pay-per-view in March. Yeah, um, two weeks. Uh-huh. Yeah, so yeah. they are rushing the tournament a little bit. But, like, the women's side has not had – they've only had, uh, what, two two matches. They've only filled out half the bracket. So, um, yes. yeah. And going back, uh, Rio Mizunami is a veteran wrestler who who just became a freelancer. So apparently she's she's open uh, after a long tenure tenure in the promotion uh, pro wrestling pro wrestling wave. And she was also trained by Mako Sat- Satamora, who is Ooh. currently on WWE NXT UK. Oh, love Mako! So I I think uh, sh- she was featured. Um, Rio was featured in AEW's Double or Nothing six woman tag match and is a member of a Japanese babyface faction called Max Voltage, uh, who recently often faces off in opposition to NXT signees. So this is, um, this is really good. I, I don't know it much about Rio, uh, but she has been described by our, our our friend Eric's friend as the John Cena's charisma combined with Randy Sa- Savage's showmanship. Like that is some high mm. praise. That's some high praise. So I, I am looking forward to seeing a little bit more from her. I think that match was that match was pretty cool. Um, I, I I I again I I like the calling. I like Alex. Excalibur being the one main calling these these matches, I just wanted to feel a little bit bigger. Maybe when we get to Revolution, it'll feel bigger. Right, totally. Um, yeah, and they had um, they, there was a woman's announcer that was uh, she's uh, been on the independents. She's wrestling in Toronto for a bit. She was doing um, the women's tag team to the Deadly Draw. She was uh, commentating oh, there, uh-huh. and they, I wish that they had some women representation in the, on the commentary team too. But uh, I love yeah. Excalibur, but. Um, yeah, just just do a little bit more. Put it a little bit more. Make it a bigger deal. But you know, um, the other uh, the other match that will happen is uh, Emmy Sakura, who sort of does like a, like a Freddie Mercury, very yeah, inspired Freddie by Freddie Mercury, yeah. um, and then uh, Yuka uh, sorry Yuka Sakazaki, uh, yeah. who wrestled a fair bit in AEW um, uh, before. I think once COVID hit. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the women yeah, had to go from Japan. Yeah, had to go back, uh, and it wasn't as easy to to come over. But um, mm-hmm. both of them have been were were on Dynamite uh, a fair bit um, before everything with COVID. So I'm um, excited to see those two on that side. I'm not sure who. I think it would be a really fun match. Yuka Sakazaki is kind of like this uh, smaller, um, 
wrestler, you know, lots of high flying stuff. Very so, I I, w- I would really like to see Yuka versus Asia Kong. I think sort of the David versus Goliath story uh, setting mm-hmm. up there. But uh, Emi Sakura is great. She's uh, she's so fun, like very charismatic, mostly based around like a gimmick, and and you could tell she just has a ton of fun in the ring. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, that'll be an interesting matchup to see who goes uh, onto the Japanese side finals. Yes, and Emmy Emmy Sakura, she is now, isn't she? Didn't she famously train? Did she famously train Riho, or or she famously trained some other person on this list? I wasn't sure. Um, tra- she has trained Riho, yeah. Okay, it was Riho. Okay, that's what I thought. So we've we've seen her multiple times on AEW. So no real surprise that she defeated Vinny. Um, but yes, I I do want to see this match because I really do think Yuka has a lot of. Uh, charisma. She has. She does have a lot of a lot of charisma. So again, th- these are. This has been great, you know. Um, and we did get to see on Dynamite this week. We got to see Riho versus Serena Deep, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You had. You were wondering about Riho. You were. You had some questions about Riho. I look. I always have questions about what people are wearing because. It ties in so much with the gimmick, and I was very confused by uh, what Rio was wearing specifically. Because I'm like, is oh. it a like is the but is there a butterfly aspect to this? Gi- like, what is going on? I don't. I'm <laughs> well, yeah. What do you? What is does Rio have a gimmick? What is Rio's gimmick? I'm not entirely sure if she has a gimmick other than that she's very petite and yes, is, uh, likes <laughs> to fight. I think that you know probably what's happening. I think is that like the gimmick. Some of the gimmicks that get does it super like i don't think the commentary team does a super good job at like translating over you know more than just like sort of what they look like or how they're fighting but to me that like rio was the champion the what aw women's champion for a fair yeah. bit before being yeah, knocked off by, yeah yeah and then uh lost yeah. to nyla rose but uh and then that was the story there right she's just sort of the smaller underdog like how could this little girl be good at wrestling and then she is like she's you know she's a, a really capable fighter so that's sort of the gimmick is, I think, you know, yeah. under, underestimate her a little bit. It's at your own peril. Yeah, they they just constantly on commentary talk about how small she is. That she was, is very small. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was like, okay, like, but they, I get what they're going for. They right. like, she's ninety eight pounds, and da 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 da, da. and she's strong but mighty. Look at her lift, Serena, yeah. and I was just like, okay, I get, I, we get it, but I, I get it. I, I we, am, we see it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I do like Riho, uh, Serena Deep. Seeing her with hair just always yeah. just like <laughs> it always gets me every time yeah. she, she it's burned into my brain that she was a, like yeah. a cult member with uh, CM Punk and he, she shaved her head because she looks so good bald headed so it's it's just so weird when I see her with hair but she's so, so great she she yeah. is a great wrestler she's what the current NWA Women's Champion that's right yeah yeah mm-hmm. and and I, from what I understand backstage she's a great trainer as well we have a lot of women who can who can really go so um seeing the match with Riho was really good I, I loved every minute of it I yeah, actually no. thought Serena might move on in that match I think yeah. that with the, having a Japanese side of the bracket that that Riho might have been sort of uh expendable to, I don't want you know mm-hmm. is that the right word but sort of like you know and Serena Deep is the NWA women's champion and, and she's a great wrestler but no they went with Riho over uh Serena which I thought was actually a bit of an upset Interesting. Yeah, I thought I think um, just with Serena, it's been interesting because she's been in the business a long time, but she had um, this big break 
a, well, really a break in her career before really returning, I think for the Mae Young Classic. Yeah. I want to say the yeah. first Mae Young Classic. Classic, if not the second one, but yeah, I think the first, yeah. the first man classic, and um, she came back, and I remember watching her in the ring, and I was like, okay, she's maybe she's a little rusty, but she's everything I've seen with her in AEW, she just seems so polished, and it, it's amazing to to see her work. So Rio moves on, and who knows? We'll see how far she gets, but she has the legacy in AEW, so that's why I expected her to win. But I, what do I know? Riho, yeah, and yeah, and Grace, Riho. to your point, Riho is moving on to face Thunder Rosa, so this yes. might be where she's expendable. Because man, yeah. I, I'm sorry, I'm all in on Thunder Rosa. We talked oh, about it last last week. Thunder Rosa is just she just has something. It's just really really interesting. I really like watching her talk, even just talk and wrestle. So um, maybe we'll we'll see Riho fall to Thunder Rosa. Either way, it's going to be a, a pretty good match. Um, was was that all of the women's elimination? That's all the matches we've seen so far. Okay. There's a uh, uh, Ty Conti will take on, I know, uh, Nyla, Nyla Rose, Rose is in there. And then uh, Britt Baker and Anna Jay, Anna Jay of the Dark Order. Um, those matches um, are on Monday. I believe so. Uh, yeah. Monday again, they're getting their own series on YouTube. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I'm excited. This has been this has been good. I love a good women's tournament. It does suck that it, it's rushing a little bit, but and I wish they were on dynamite so they could get the full bells and whistles, but uh it is what it is. <laughs> Grace, what do what do you have for us next? Um what else sparks your I mean there lots of overlapping stuff with uh I mean I so AEW has sort of uh, opened the forbidden door, as it were, which is uh, a term about uh, New Japan pro wrestling. That sort of the forbidden door was that New Japan wrestlers would would sort of stop interacting with with any like lots of other promotions. But uh, Kenta arriving in AEW and um, feuding with uh, who formerly uh, wrestled as Hideo Itami in NXT. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, has shown up to sort of uh, make it known to John Moxley that they need to fight, which has been <laughs> a, a delayed a fair bit just because of again everything that's happening with COVID. Right. It's cool to see Hideo there, and then there's all this like you know it's Bullet Club and uh, you know all this stuff. But I guess the big news coming out of this week is that John Moxley will get a rematch with Kenny Omega at Revolution in a exploding barbed wire match. Yes. An exploding barbed wire death, death match. match. Yes, yes. Uh, so this is entirely not my jam. This is not. <laughs> my, this is not why I watch wrestling. I think it's a, it, I it would be very interesting. They like Kenny and uh, Moxie had a bit of a feud before either of them were involved in the title picture, and they had like a, a pretty gross like no DQ. Or like I think they suplexed each other into barbed wire, and like like it was pretty. It was yeah, it's pretty gnarly. This is gross. not my thing hardcore like super hardcore wrestling deathmatch stuff is not what i watch wrestling for exactly uh and for it to be their title match i think where it's coming from is that like kenny and mox are willing to do it and also they're just trying to be like we're not wwe like we will do this type of wrestling so um i mean they can only do it on pay-per-view because i don't think tnt is going to let them do any exploding barbed wire death matches anytime soon but they have been willing to go there and they're, they're apparently going to go there again. So if that's your thing, that's where you can find it. The main event of AEW <laughs> revolution. Yeah. Nice. You can call, you can call me a punk because I'm the same yeah. way. I, I don't, I like my wrestling very, very, um, 
uh, story heavy, but not blood heavy, uh, personally. Right. Just that's a, it's the same reason why I don't watch MMA. It's just so brutal. So I, I know that's what a lot of people are going to be like, Ugh. like, you know, but I, I just, I don't, but I do love that John Moxley. This is why he left WWE yeah, sure. to do these hardcore matches. So if he's happy, I'm happy. I will watch anything with him in it. An exploding barbed wire deathmatch. Like I just, there's so many questions. Like, where do you buy exploding barbed wire? You know what I'm saying? And Home Depot. The- <laughs> oh, is that where it is? Oh, yeah. I'm looking for the exploding barbed wire. Uh, fine. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. Yeah. But Grace, correct me if I'm wrong. How many times? Th- this has only happened in Japan, right? And it's only really? happened like once uh, or two times. I'm sure that like there's some like oh. CZW show. Yeah, and also sure. TNA. TNA, there was one oh, in 2005 yeah. that happened. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, rare. Yeah, rare. I think I think that it's interesting because this match is kind of in a non-pandemic world. It's kind of corny because you have uh, no, not a reference to Jim Cornette, but yeah, kind of corny because you have the explosions and then you have the wrestlers just laying there and then the fans who are basically closer to the explosions, like not affected by it. So it is good. Like hopefully they don't have all the wrestlers at ringside for that match to really truly sell it. But Grace, I'm kind of surprised that you're not into the, the, the hardcore gimmicks because I, I know, I knew that you were your corporate uh, with your Stella yeah. excuse me yeah. character, yeah. but I didn't realize you were like right to censor corporate. Do whatever you want. Do live your life, like jump off a ladder onto barbed wire or whatever. But I, you know, I'm not necessarily tuning in to watch it, but I probably yeah. will watch this match. And I think sometimes like you kind of, you get it to, desensitized to it like when it's on tv yeah. like like yeah. and then i like you go to a live show and like i remember being at the uh the tlc match between john cena and edge and where mm-hmm. john cena like does the attitude adjustment to edge like off the ladder into like two tables and when you're there live yeah. you're like no please don't do that like please please don't do <laughs> that please like why are you doing yeah. this you don't have to uh yeah. but when you watch on tv you're like wow that's really cool um, yeah. But when you go to all these live shows, you just see some like even the independent shows you go to, they're on these rickety ladders. You're like, please, please, oh, don't. especially at indie shows. <laughs> Those please. ladders are scary. Like, are you, you, you actually bought that from Home Hardware, and it's like the the ones that like it's only you can only climb one side, and it's super rickety. Yeah. Like, please, oh my god. So I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, we'll yeah, see. I'll just I'll I just want to reference uh because you just reminded me of this. The the rickiest, ricketyest ladder that I've probably ever seen in wrestling. Danny Danny Demento uh DeMonto is his name, indie wrestler. You can Google him ladder match. She has lots of wild falls off of off of ladders. Um but yeah, I'm all I'm all for the hardcore stuff as long as there's psychology, as long as it yeah. serves a purpose, mm-hmm. as long as it is uh, safe as determined by the wrestlers and and them, yeah. but yeah, yeah. So, uh, Grace Sting receives the wickedest like power bomb. Uh, yeah. Can you explain this Team Taz versus Sting thing just a little bit more for us? There has for, yeah, like for a second, like was that power bomb? I, I kept seeing people talk about how bad the power bomb was, but. I, it just seems like yeah. a power bomb to me. I think I'm always worried, like when Sting gets, yeah, like, Sting, yeah, Rollins yeah. power bombed yeah. him, and he was like, "Ah, uh, you can't wrestle anymore." So, yeah, yeah. Um, it was a dumb bet. I mean, Cage is Cage is a big, strong guy. He can he can do it. Um, there isn't much news since the last time we chatted. Team Taz sort of keeps getting annoyed that, um, like, they're annoyed with Darby Allen. Darby Allen has the TNT Championship, and you know they want their wrestlers to 
Taz would like his wrestlers to get a shot at that belt. And anytime sort of Taz started to, you know, get into it with uh, Darby Allen, Sting kept showing up. So Taz is quite, quite annoyed that Sting has come back um, to wrestling seemingly just to bother Taz. Um, <laughs> and so this week was the first time we actually, so I'm not sure why Sting went out there. I guess he's, you know, thought he was, uh, would be okay with his baseball bat, but uh, they end up delivering a bit of a three on one ish attack and Sting gets a power bomb and gets left alone in the ring. It's really the first time since he's come back that he's had any sort of physical confrontation, let alone be on the like receiving end. Yeah, and, and that's the biggest thing. It's just like the power bomb was probably just a regular power bomb, but I just get like Stings. again, I'm yeah. like, ah, he's yeah. so fragile now, you know. It, it, it's you just you're worried for them, but they're, they're all professional, so we know what they're doing is you know professionally safe. It's, hopefully, it's the same as like like uh, Daniel Bryan and Edge. Anytime yes. you see them get yes. the head, you're like, no, yes. don't do that. Right. No, just yeah. don't don't take any roots to the head, please. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. and. And this is because, and Darby Allen wasn't wasn't there. It's because no. last week, Taz, um, yeah, this, yeah, his whole team they they dragged Darby Allen behind the truck. I'm like, um, guys, like, you can tell Darby <laughs> Allen watched Jackass when he was a child. He actually like Steve-O has appeared on Dynamite like in segments with yeah. with Darby Allen, where like I think he put himself in a body bag and then like fell off of the ha- like a half pipe. Like Darby That's just like so clearly like he he's a guy who like he is sort of the Jeff Hardy. He's at the Jeff Hardy level of like yeah. taking risks. Um and the rumor is that like the match at Revolution is going to be cinematically shot. Like that's sort of oh okay. Like Sting, I think, said, like, you know, I don't know if I can do full matches, but I can do what The Undertaker did against AJ Styles. Like, I can do that. that Let's do that. So it'll be interesting at the same time, even though it's like cinematically shot, is Darby Allen gonna be like, Yeah, I'll jump off that. That's fine. Like, yeah, put me, like, <laughs> put me in a body bag and drag me behind a truck. That's fine. Like he's just I don't know what he's thinking sometimes, but he's willing to do it. Um yeah, so they put him in a body bag. And then drove the car away, and it doesn't. There was no camera trickery. It didn't look. No, I think they just put him in and drove away. Yeah, and I'm, I'm like, ooh, that, yeah. Um, and then we had a pretty good match with Santina and Ortiz versus the Young Bucks for the uh, AEW World Tag Team Championships. I really like Santina and Ortiz. I I saw, yeah, a little bit of their work on uh, TNA as LAX. So, like, I, I love them, and I, I. I haven't been paying attention to the inner circle like I want to, but mm. I just I I want the, them to have those belts, you know. And I I love their conviction of their promo saying like we haven't had a shot in eighteen months because y'all are afraid of us. So this yeah. is a good match, and you know it was a, a standard match. I think, um, you know, I think it was more towards like will they win? Will the inner circle have to you know face each other again? And I think it was it was sol- solid enough match for it to to keep going towards. The pay per view, um, Matt. Did you did you uh, like this this match here? Yeah, I thought the match was interesting. I was really really overwhelmed after the match. I had to like rewatch that segment multiple times because it's kind of just like a I don't even know what you'd call it like a, sh- a schmoz. I don't even schmoz, yeah, yeah. it was a schmoz. Like any time that there are a ton of people, and you're like, wait, who? What? What? Mm-hmm. Like what's going on? Like AEW, I feel like loves to do that because I keep having these moments where I'm watching it. Like, what like I just saw someone else run by and someone else run by and then we got the young bucks dad who was like wearing a sequined button up oh, right. shirt. Yeah. See, I'm look, 
I'm here just to make sure that we note the uh, AW fashion. Yeah. <laughs> it's very. I have questions <laughs> if that's his. If he has a gimmick, if he shows up a lot. Now no, I feel like I'm one time, of, That's I'm the first time we've seen him in, on AW. It's the first time we've seen the young Buck's dad, the old Buck. I think we were the him. old Buck. Yeah, uh, Papa Buck. Papa Buck. <laughs> Papa Buck. Um, yeah, it's the first time we've seen them. Yeah, a lot going on. I mean, this is a. It was sort of a weird match. Again, this is. If I talk about, I re, I'm really like, I like how AW, you know, the stories that they tell, and they're, they're normally very simple. Like, I think for the most part, they've obviously, like, they had a wedding, so it's not like, you know, not super simple. But a lot of their storylines do interweave, which sometimes can be complicated. So this one, again, I didn't love that, like, a few weeks ago, there was a match, and we played a clip, like, I shared a clip, where, like, MJF and Chris Jericho won the match to be the tag team of the Inner Circle. Yeah. And then in the Battle Royal the next week, all the, all the teams of the Inner Circle were in the Battle Royal to try and win a title shot. And it's like, well, wasn't the story to, like, right. to, 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 to pick which yeah. one of you is the representative? And, like, even if the match, if they had it done, like, okay, well, everybody's making sure MJF and Chris Jericho wins, that's different. But they weren't really – I mean, they're all infighting, right? So that's sort of the problem. Right. And then in this match, Santana and Ortiz get a title shot. Very happy about it. I love them. They're really great. I think – I saw them once in an independent show, and they were so good. I had no idea who they were. I had no idea. And I went down and I, I never buy autographed pictures. It's not my thing. But they weren't selling anything else. So I just said, can I buy one of your things? And I was like, sorry, they signed it. And I was like, what is your team name? And they were like, we're called E-Y-B-F-O-A, which is entertaining your effing ass off. Uh, yeah. uh, it was just some acronym or whatever. And I, but I was like, okay, I just thought you were really good. And I want to support you financially. So thanks. And I somewhere in my house, I have a signed picture of them. Wow. But they're just incredible. They're so good. They like are a, such a good mix of like being really good in the ring and also knowing who their like characters are. Um, they're really entertaining. But this match kind of like it didn't. I'm not sure what the point of it was. Why you know right. they were getting a title shot over uh, MJF and Christian, who are getting a title shot at the pay per view. I guess that was supposed to maybe set that up, but it it didn't really do that. And then the Young Bucks have all this stuff going on with the Good Brothers, and uh, and then they are going to fight MJF and Chris Jericho. There's just a lot going on that isn't super clear and even yeah. somebody who like watches it and like knows what's going on i'm like what are we doing why you know i think this was a case that they wanted to put on a really good match which is fun but sometimes that's at the expense of of good storytelling yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I love the yeah. idea of the inner circle and the club and i think that's just exciting i mean a ton of wrestling fans know that know the legacy of the club of course so it's fun to see them and especially in the AEW context so that's another thing i'm looking forward to and sammy holds, sammy uh, leaving unfolds. the inner circle is, is, yeah. is interesting too like he's sort of been fed up with mjf coming in and sort of causing this disruption he left and the plan was that he was going to go to impact wrestling and have a little bit of a run there just be a singles guy sort of do it on his own apparently there were some creative differences they were going to put him in some tag team stuff and he's like if i'm leaving aw to be a single guy what what am i doing over here so apparently that might not be happening anymore wow Um, so some interesting backstage stuff i think it's worth like you know if you're interested in the backstage you know um but i think it was really apparently he just called up tony khan he's like this makes no sense for my character and tony was like okay don't do it so yeah uh, how did impact fumble that bag like that doesn't even make sense like they they had arguably the best wrestler in the world because uh, uh, yeah. got it uh, years ago and mm-hmm. uh, followed that until they made him a green hornet mm. <laughs> knockoff oh, uh, right. yeah. so i'm not sure impact always you know it's they've been doing some fun stuff but uh it's just like he, his the whole point was he's leaving to like venture out on his own show he can do it by himself and they're like what if we put you in a tag team 
<laughs> yeah, and that would actually be a great storyline because I like the whole Sammy breaking away thing, and that was my thought process. I was like, well, what's next for him? And to go and just chill out in another promotion for a little bit, trying to make his way up. That that's how you build a baby face. I totally. What are they doing over there? Yeah. Um, and then finally, so, this was this clip I really liked. Uh, how we got there was a little weird. Yeah. Okay. But, so. <laughs> so Hangman yeah. Adam Page, I actually think there is nobody in wrestling, I think, right now who who again understands their character better than Hangman Adam Page, and he's doing some of the best work I've I've ever seen in wrestling. Hangman Adam Page is is I don't know whether he's underrated, but he's not he's not rated as highly as he should be. So for a long time he was he he was the guy who challenged Chris Jericho for the to be the first ever champion, and he lost. And mm-hmm sort of set up the storyline where he he's been with the elite, but you know, that wasn't really working for him. And he, he started, he would, he would just be drinking. And I don't know if you've like, AEW does this thing where when their when their name shows up at the screen, there's often a really, there's a tagline at the top of the thing. Um, and Adam pages are hilarious. Like go and look them up on, on the internet. They're so funny. Um, and basically he's just kind of like this depressed cowboy is sort of what his gimmick is, is that he's just sort of like, he, he like, comes out, he wins a match, and he'll go in the back and he'll just drink whiskey all night and, you know, whatever. And so he was teaming with Kenny Omega, and then they were not getting along, and they eventually lost the titles. And so Hangman Adam Page says, nope, I'm not doing tag teams anymore. I'm going to go out on my own. And that led to the Dark Order being like, look at this guy. He's, like, sad and depressed. He should come and be with us. He should come and be in our group. Um, and then eventually he just, he, he thought about it, and then they asked him, and he said, no, I, I'm on my own. I want to be on my own. And then uh, Matt Hardy He's doing this gimmick now where he's kind of big money Matt and he's trying to sign wrestlers to contracts and then secretly take more of the of the like winnings. Uh, oh, okay. So he did that with private party, like promise private party. Like, mm-hmm. You join me, you you become my clients. I'll make you a ton of money. But then on the back end, Matt Hardy is taking much more money uh, than they know. And so that's happening with private party and private party has become, they've become bad guys. And so he tried to do the same thing with Hangman Adam Page. He said, you know, I'm going to make you millions of dollars and then in the fine print, he was like taking like 60% of his winnings or whatever. But while Matt was like trying to like turn to the camera and show that he was doing that, Adam Page switched out a contract. I know wrestling loves, I talk about WWE loving contracts again. AEW is doing a contract angle. Uh, Adam Page switched out the contract. So it was actually a match uh, for Revolution where if Adam wins, then he gets all of Matt Hardy's earnings from 2021. <laughs> so that's the story. And then Matt Hardy goaded Adam Page into giving up his earnings. Uh, no. The match. So that's that the was, match. Yeah. That wasn't even like, the thing is that they shook hands. That's not legally binding. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like if, if Adam Page loses, he's like, look, it was a handshake. We didn't sign a contract. So Adam Page is a good guy though. He sticks to his, he's a, he's a, he's a good hearted guy. He sticks to his word. He might be a little bit, you know, so he might like to be on his own and he might like to drink a lot, but, but he sticks to his word. I think is that character implication of hangman you can't, you can't yeah. give away your money if especially if you have family or yourself to take he doesn't have family there's rent to pay and alcohol to pay for yeah, he, does, he does need to buy alcohol Come on. That's true. well that was I the whole did. thing i already convinced him to go to the bar because he just said oh i'll buy all your drinks he said, okay all right let's go that's great i did like this I, I i liked it a lot i i i'm glad you gave me that backstory about it too, because I'm like, wait, we're signing contracts for money, huh? Like, because it just watching it in a in a vacuum, I was like, yeah. why would I care about y'all financial like situation? <laughs> well, but, this is big money, Matt. Now, big money yeah, Matt. yeah. Oh, so they Matt. didn't, 
yeah, it, it, that makes so much sense. And I, I like it. I'm, I'm here for that. Now, I, now I kind of want to see how this resolves. Yeah. And then the Dark Order came out too. So that was, yeah. that was fun. I like a good storyline where it's like, I know, like, I think one of the things in WWE is there's so many titles that like, I, like uh, NXT TakeOver uh, Avengers Day, I think there's five matches and they're all title matches or like, yeah. you know, the, the cup matches. And sometimes I just want my wrestling to be them fighting over something that's really silly, like my, like uh, whether they can get each other's earnings for the rest of the year um, or like, you know, whatever. Well, they're, they're quarterly just earnings. The first, I was like, just the first quarter. Just oh, yeah. the first I really, quarter. Yeah, I was so. really sitting here like, I thought I was done for with work for the day. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you were doing the math, like you had a spreadsheet right, out. Like, Oh, but that thank you so much grace thank you uh hopefully i would love to see if we could try and have you back before uh the next aew pay-per-view um but that was that was fun i i've been watching aew more i definitely have been even we might not have enough time to be touching on it but i've definitely been watching the shows and i am liking what i'm seeing right. and 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 like you said some of it's a little hit or miss matt like matt said some of it's a little confusing but <laughs> i'm yeah. trying to stick it there well yeah, i know i know I saw, I saw someone be like aren't you gonna do a 205 live in nxt uk and it's like matt and mario no. do not have enough time in a week to watch as much wrestling <laughs> as everybody wants them to watch it's impossible so like yeah, do you want you know. to just cry on this <laughs> podcast <I know. laughs> a four-hour podcast <laughs> Yeah, it would be five hours. Twelve hours of wrestling. <laughs> Talk about it in a job as a squadcast. Hit, hit, start a conversation. There's yes. some really fun stuff on Two Hundred Five Live, and totally. you know, there's some good stuff on NXT exactly. UK. But there is only so many hours in a week to watch wrestling. Okay. Exactly. And, and honestly, again, I'm going to plug our stereo, the stereo uh, podcast for the Elimination Chamber because if this is good, if if we get a good like turnout, if we feel like this is a platform we can reach people, then maybe Rob will give us the keys to the kingdom to do a little bit more of that live Ooh. podcast style, um, bring you more content that's different from this just this one show a week. So we'll see that that'll give you some incentive to uh, sign up for stereo, Ooh. but. Um, uh, I just want to touch in again. We've been here a, a lot. Uh, we've already been here for a few hours already, but we just want to touch on uh, just a little bit of NXT before we go out next week. We'll, we'll probably go more in depth for NXT again. Um, but the vengeance day, the, the takeover, it was okay. Like I liked it. It was entertaining. Um, you know, I, I, I just saw bits and pieces. I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch the, the matches I wasn't really interested in. Um, but the, the biggest thing is we, we got Dakota and Raquel. We talked about this throughout the episode. They won the women's dusty cup. So they now get to face Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, uh, seeing Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler come out to, uh, NXT this week and go toe to toe with Dakota Kai and Raquel was really good. I really loved it. Uh, again, the charisma just oozes off of both of them. They pulled the best every, that they could out of Dakota and um, Raquel. Uh, Shayna and Dakota coming face to face is hilarious for any of the BRE fans out there who uh, watch Up Up Down Down. And Raquel Gonzalez getting a quick Nia's hole jab in there was just a really good highlight uh, in there. So I, I liked everything I saw from this face off. Matt, you know. Oh. Why? No, I loved it. I loved it. Okay. And clearly, clearly, MSK and Beth Phoenix yes, loved MSK, it too. Yes. Which, like, I like. 
Beth Beth and the commentators deserve so much credit, by the way, for how awesome they were at TakeOver, but that's a whole other um, aside. Like This segment was great. I don't know why Raquel was allowed to say um, Nia's whole quote-unquote when that's been censored on <laughs> yeah. WWE's YouTube and TV. But hey, look, maybe they're well, turning around. She technically said, I'll take this boot and shove it up your hole. So... Yes, she did not say Naya's hole. <laughs> yeah, it was like yeah. it was like not uppercase H. It was yeah. lowercase H. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Uh, uh, Grace, did you did you like this? That was so violent, by the way. That was so what, like. Come on, are you really going to shove that dusty boot? Up? <laughs> come on, you're a fan of, you're talking about the Rock. The Rock's whole thing was going to yeah, turn, turn it sideways. Turn it side. Oh, that is, you think this was promotion for Young Rock? Yeah. Yes. And Naya was there. Oh, wow. We stumbled upon something here. Yeah, fun stuff. I think I was very, like, I I think I was surprised to see um, Dakota and Raquel. I love Dakota Kai. I think she's she's really great. Another person who I did not think would be able to be a really good heel, and she's been really good. Like, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, she's, yeah, quite tiny. And I love sort of the Shawn Michael Diesel uh, dynamic Mm -hmm. that her and Raquel have. Um, And they clearly love Raquel Gonzalez. They they really like her. They put her over Rhea Ripley multiple yeah. times, so so they're a big fans. So I guess I shouldn't have been surprised, but I think you know, listening to the podcast last week, I I was oh yeah, we didn't think they were going to win. Yeah, I was on with you that like yeah, maybe it's the match that kicks off the show and you get uh-huh. a feel good story. And yep. um, I, I mean, Nia and uh, Shayna versus um, uh, Raquel Andrew. and Dakota is not oh. like a, an easy story to like no, it's tell. Not. Which mm-hmm. like uh, Shotzi and Ember would have been. Also, is yeah. anybody calling? I know we've been through this whole podcast. I'm pretty sure Beth Phoenix keeps subliminally calling them um, Sh- Shana- Shania, like Shania. Oh, Shania. <laughs> uh, and then she, I think there was a line about like you know just dropping Shania Twain quotes during. It was maybe Raw or SmackDown. Really? Uh, yeah. Try and pick up because like, they they would call them Shania. Yeah, uh, I like to call them that on Twitter. I yeah. I, I haven't noticed that. I haven't noticed that on um. Yeah, I thought I picked up some Shania Twain quotes uh, on Ron Stockton this week. But uh, yeah, Vengeance Day was fun, and and I thought that there was a good match, and I shouldn't have been surprised that they went with Dakota and yeah. Raquel, but they did. So I, I'm not yeah. mad at it. And this just goes to show you how heel heel dynamics just always tend to be a little bit better than face face dynamics because, you know, they can get mean, you know, and they can say mean stuff. So, uh, again, I, I, I like this and I'm excited and for to see what they do in two weeks. Um, I just want to move on to the Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly stuff because, you know, we're trying to wrap it up, but I think this was really important because of course, Adam Cole turned on, on Kyle O'Reilly at, at Vengeance Day. But then Kyle O'Reilly got stretchered out on uh, this week in NXT. And it was just a whole bunch of, ooh, it was a mess for like an hour and a half online. Um, Grace, did you see all of the, the craziness about Kyle possibly suffering a seizure yeah so kyle rather it was trending trending on twitter and so i looked it up and and this is i could not believe this so i'm living with type 1 diabetes i work for diabetes canada that's my job um so i'm very in the community and then i'm, I'm just seeing like kyle o'reilly has like a diabetic seizure and i'm like what like, like so, hey i just couldn't believe that i didn't know that he was living with diabetes i feel very ashamed i feel like it's a point of pride for people with diabetes to know 
who are our fellow type one diabetics. Yeah. Matt Riddle apparently also has type one diabetes. What? Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Kyle Raleigh. And then I was and then also I'm just like, holy crap, he just he had a seizure. That is like your biggest fear as someone living with right. type one diabetes. Turns out Kyle O'Reilly is incredibly good at selling. And also I think just the way mm-hmm. the segment happened was that everything sort of happened after like they did the whole stretcher thing after whether it was going to be like a YouTube exclusive or something on Twitter mm-hmm. or whatever. And people just assumed, Oh, this must be real. And so I think that it was a combination of like, it was a bit, it wasn't shown on TV. So people didn't think that it, you know, people thought it was, you know, not kayfabe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it was just, I don't think Kyle was pretending to have a seizure. I think he no. was selling his injury in a way that maybe might've looked like someone who was standing from afar thought he was having a seizure and then report sent out the video and people just made an assumption. Um, yeah. So a very like confusing few hours on social yeah, media. It was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it was, it was interesting because like watching the video of him actually being stretchered out, like he literally is just laying there, but <laughs> to your point, maybe people were jumping to conclusions there. Maybe yeah. didn't realize it was being filmed for the show. Maybe they saw triple H in his t-shirt and were like, Oh, this is yeah, this shoot. Yeah. But like the thing, you know, this, this is also something that stood out to me because like, my best friend in the world has, has, has type one diabetes. And like, I've been, involved in the community so it's cool that we're we have this connection grace yeah. too in a weird way um but yeah right but i think like it was also really interesting to see how many people were attacking wwe like how could you do that that's so tasteless you're using that and they weren't even like try- i don't they think they doing were trying they yeah. were not they, i don't think they've ever referenced the fa- to your point yeah. grace, about yeah. not knowing the fact that he has diabetes on the show so they've done I, an article on wb.com and he talked about oh, it on nice. chris jericho's podcast but that's right. it it's not like mm-hmm. a defining which it, sh- it shouldn't be it shouldn't be a defining feature you know it's not mm-hmm. a you know and i think like I, I i think i was blown away because i know that there are uh type one diabetics people living with type one diabetes who are athletes but wrestling is like this thing that i could never imagine being able to do it just in terms of like making sure your blood sugar um, is mm-hmm. at a, at a level that you would like the, the, the fear here was that his blood sugar went low and activity causes your blood sugar to go low. So it's not like it actually, when you see it, it's like, Oh wow. Like if some, yeah, if someone was living with type, type one diabetes, it wouldn't be that surprising that they would have like low blood sugar. And then I was like, what would I do if I had low blood sugar? And I was like wrestling like a match with Finn Balor for like 30 mm-hmm. minutes. Like, what do you do? Yeah. And, and so I, I just had like a new level of appreciation for Kyle O'Reilly because managing diabetes is like this like roller coaster. It's just like a meticulous thing you have to do all the time. And for him to be able to do it while also being literally one of the best wrestlers in the entire world is incredible. Um, I just, yeah. And I think there were some people who, who wanted WWE to release a statement being like, yeah. he did not have a seizure. And I think to them, it's like, this is the thing of like, should they have, should they not have, that's not what they ever said was happening. Mm-hmm. And it was just an angle. So like, do they have a moral responsibility to say, He's fine. I don't actually know what the answer to that is. Um, yeah. It's a very the, the, interesting like, situation that, that occurred on Wednesday night. I mean, yeah, he, the tweeted, problem he was, tweeted it. Uh, so, you know, no. he was letting people know that he was he was OK. Right. But yeah. um, Mari, you were saying. So the, the, the problem was they, they shot this angle. You know, they made it look as realistic as possible. They've done this before. You know, we, we've, we've seen injury angles play out to something to this degree. The problem was, um, like you guys mentioned, it was after the show. And a fan who was in attendance took the video. They put it online. And then 
I don't know if it was that fan in particular, yeah. but other fans then said, oh, wait, he's diabetic. Oh, if you think it was a seizure, it was a diabetic seizure. Yeah. Then it, it snowballed. And then on top of that, some of the actual wrestlers started saying like, oh, I, I hope Kyle O'Reilly is all right. Like, like verified WWE accounts were right. wishing him well. So that then added to the, oh my God, this must have been real. And then on the flip side of that, I don't know if y'all saw this, Isaiah Swerve Scott had said something like, um, kind of like, oh, uh, Kyle O'Reilly is in the same hospital with Leon Ruff because Isaiah had just turned earlier that night and, and beat up Leon Ruff. And then everybody immediately started bearing, like just piling onto Isaiah, who probably actually knew that it was a work. So yeah. it, it really was a snowball. And I, I guess it's good that wrestling fans care. But did you care for Kyle O'Reilly or did you care just so you could dunk on WWE? Because yeah. that's what it kind of it, it kind of felt like. It kind of felt like they're like dunking on WWE for not, you know, his safety and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm glad they, they straightened it, it all out. We're really glad that Kyle O'Reilly is fine. After about an hour and a half, I think they realized, oh, wow, this is getting this is getting big. So they had to break kayfabe and say, like, guys, it was it was all a work. You know, it, it was you got work. Congrats, Marks. You got work. So um, the, the best thing is bottom line is Kyle O'Reilly is OK. He's apparently the best seller in the world. I think and so. We, <laughs> proof. Yes. Proof. And yeah. we can all like, you know, move move forward, you know. Uh and I gotta and, say, a Kyle O'Reilly Adam Cole match is going to be fire when it, whenever it happens. That's gonna be exactly. a good one. Kyle O'Reilly is yeah. so good. He's so fun to watch. Uh yeah. Absolutely. I'm excited for that. So um I I am excited. We will get into more NXT uh, later on down the road next week. Um, but now I just want to go into a very quick shoot. So uh, every uh, every week or so, we go into the shoot where we just talk about what uh, something uh, that we saw during the wrestling week that we really just want to just go off script and just talk about. And one of the other things that set the internet on fire this week, uh, <laughs> the WWE on Fox Twitter uh, tweeted a meme. It's it's a well-known meme. It's a meme where you like build your team or you pick uh, people are allotted dollar amounts. And then they say you have $15. Now build your team. And th we've seen this in so many different avenues different types of sports right. different types of this is not a new meme um but this meme in itself was all of the women's wrestlers and it was it was tiered it was, it was a five dollar tier a four dollar tier a three dollar tier a two dollar tier and a one dollar tier um I don't think I'm not about to go through all of the names of the women on the on these mm. tiers. I'm not going to give it any more credence as to, um, you know, where people were placed. But this caught a caused a big like hubbub because some of the women reacted like they they were so incensed that they were put on a lower tier. Uh, some of the women just like I'm ignoring it but I think the general consensus was they didn't like that it came from the WWE on uh, on Fox main account because it seemed like they were ranking the women and devaluing some of the women and it really turned into a, a, a really big thing Matt did you see this of course and I think uh, the biggest uh, just the most notable person in all this is uh, 
uh, Natalia Neidhart or Nat- Natty yeah. Neidhart. And so she was one who, who responded with like a, a statement about it and just feeling really um, disrespected and undervalued. And it's interesting because I saw the graphic in the job as a squad cast group. And I was thinking about like, huh, what would my team be? And like Natty was on my team because I was like, uh, yeah, like we're going to have Natalia in my yeah. little group here. But it's it was interesting to see that from her because it's that reminder, like these are actual humans and yeah. you can hurt their feelings. And like it, and there's so much that they already do. Like these are people who are like literally constantly potentially risking concussions and risking injuries and risking Mm -hmm. their lives as far as they know. And we know to do what they're doing. And then to be told, I mean, it's not only bad to be told that you're at the bottom, um, but also that you are $1 that, that Mm -hmm. didn't feel right. And I saw like, to your point, saw a ton of people reacting to that. Yeah. And I like, again, I am never in the business to tell people who, what they should be offended by or what not, what they're offended by. But when I originally, when I first originally saw it, I, I'd seen this meme so many times, you know what I'm saying? And just so many different contexts. So I right. really didn't think anything of it. And like you said, it wasn't until Natalia came out and had that a heartfelt notes app uh, statement that I was really like, okay, so this really did affect her. My yeah. my thought process is when I saw it, I kind of looked at it as like the PWI 100, you know, the right. wrestling, like how they, they use kayfabe to rank their, their wrestlers. Like whenever they rank somebody as number one for PWI, it's normally because of the year that they have, how they've been pushed. It, it's a level of kayfabe to it. So when I saw some of these people like on the lower tiers, I, I didn't really think anything of it because, you know, the top the top tiers were really people who are who have been held, holding championships within the last year. People who have just run the run the rumble and stuff like that. And I, I, I saw it as through a kayfabe lens, right. but everything can't be seen through kayfabe because because these are people like you said, Matt. So um, it, is, it is laid out that way. The top four yeah. are arguably the like it's the four horses. Totally. So mm-hmm. they're the four biggest stars of the last, you know, what, five, six years. Then mm-hmm. it's all the champions and Bianca Belair, you know, Rhea Ripley and Alexa Bliss being in that middle tier, whatever. But then you have the women's tag team champions. Then you have two teams of women who are the number one contenders to the tag team. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then and then you just have four other women to round out the thing. And so yeah. it, you're right. Like Nat, Nat, Natty's argument was like, nobody can tell me what my worth is. Like, and I've, that's something I've struggled sure. with, which yeah. is totally fair and valid, but like they've done, like they've done this like thing before they've done this little before. game before. It's a very mm-hmm. popular Twitter format, but like WB on Fox has done this before. I think they did like a build your war games team with the men's. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Like I, I get it, but it's also like, you know, it, it also, there are a ton of women who are not on this list. So are exactly. Exactly. they are worth zero dollars. Mm-hmm. Like nobody, I I, so. it's, it's just a little, it's a game. I, you know, I get, I think you're right. I'm really struggling with like, I can't tell anybody when not. To <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I, I'm sad that it did cause like people. Yeah. To be hurt more exactly. so. You also have to think like beyond just the, the post itself, like maybe Natalia's being tagged, like, uh, I don't know. You you have to yeah, think like true. these people That's are true. seeing all sorts of messages about themselves. They're not just worth a dollar. characters about who they are. And it's like, mm-hmm. you're worth a dollar. And so that, that hurts, that hurts. And that like probably hurts her brand too, for 
somewhere for it to say you're at the bottom of this list, even if it is logical. So, I mean, you beyond like the validity of the game, I just think that like let's be kind to the wrestlers and to the people who are going out of their way to entertain us. I, that's kind of where I land, even though. Um, you know, I get, I get like rankings though. Like the next day I was on coincidentally on clubhouse after listening to, to Rob Sesterino host room, I ended up in a room that was about like the best 500 black wrestlers of all time. And I was listening for about 20 or 30 minutes, like people going back and forth on the top 500 rankings. Like why is Charmel um, Booker T's uh, spouse in like number 495. And it's like, okay, well, like, to borrow from Stephen Fishback of Survivor Fame, like rankings are arbitrary and reductive. And I, yeah. I'm with him. They're arbitrary and reductive. And it's like, okay, they are what they are. They're fun. People having fun. And, uh, you know, maybe we just have to look at it like, like that, but also remember that there are real people on the other side of it. Yeah, I agree. Um, so this has been, this has been great. This has been a great podcast. We really got to like dig deep in here so i i appreciate it and i think that's grace you just or sorry stella excuse you yeah you bring it out of us every time i love talking shop with you uh can you tell the listeners where they can find you on social media yeah you can find me at hi from grace on twitter um Tweet, tweet to me about wrestling. Let's let's talk. It's it's probably the thing I feel like the most confident talking about. It's the thing I like talking about the most. It's such an interesting like world, and I, I won't call it the universe, the WWE universe, but uh, I won't use their branding. But it's a, there's so many fun things, and there's so much. If, if you don't like one thing, there's somewhere else to find something you like. Like somebody, the people who want us to talk about two, the you know two hundred five live, it's because that's what they like to watch. So uh, it's not something maybe that you'll be able to get to every week, but there's something out there for everybody if you if you watch professional wrestling. That's my opinion anyway. So it's so fun to talk about. So at high from grace, um, check out my uh, podcast, hold up at hold up podcast with one P. Uh, we talk about LGBTQ media and see if it holds up in 2021. And by the way, I'll mention that hold up is linked in the show notes. Um, so go check that out. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. we did an episode on gold dust. So check. Come yes. check it out. Yeah. Yes. And we're going to get that on some point. So Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Matt, where can everyone find you? You can find me at Matt Scott GW at Wrestling Rehap Up, hashtag Wrestling Rehap Up, the RHAP patron group, the RHAP uh, unofficial job has a squadcast group where you can find me at Rob has a website dot com slash wrestling at the podcast feed uh, to borrow from Bryce Isaiah. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. There you go. Uh, five stars. Leave a review. We might read them on the podcast. Subscribe. Show us some love. Mm-hmm. Um, and also there is wrestling at Rob has a website.com. Um, I think I just went through like every single plug possible. It gets, the list gets longer. That, that must be more important now, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, hopefully. <laughs> like, hopefully. Right. Uh, so yes, you can find me on Twitter at Mari talks too much. Uh, that's Mari talks too much to like the number two. I'm also on stereo as uh, Mari talks too much as Ooh. well. So Come follow me on Twitter so you can get your wrestling, your reality TV fix, and then uh, download the stereo app. I am not getting paid to say that. I promise you, I'm not getting paid to say that. <laughs> I just really want to talk to everybody. So uh, uh, come download stereo app and then follow me and subscribe. So whenever I go live, you can uh, get a push notification. Um, and again, 
tweet us usually using hashtag wrestling rehab up and hopefully we can uh, get back to it to you we see all the tweets we love incorporating you guys into our conversation so please we love the feedback uh let us know what you think let us know the good the bad the ugly mm-hmm. let us know what you think mm-hmm. um other than that any last any last outgoing words guys yeah just that wrestling is fun and mm-hmm. it's good to remind ourselves of that and to have fun with it. And um, there's a lot of serious stuff that we cover each week. But you know what? It's good to just sit back and enjoy it. So yep, sit back and laugh. And as always, yeah. avoid any flying elbows. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.